Hello? It is Overreaction Monday, November 23rd. Joining us today, Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship, fresh off of a game-winning kick yesterday against the Packers for the Indianapolis Colts. We have a great conversation with him about his life, his specs, his kick, everything you could think of. The kid is awesome. You're going to enjoy that. Also, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network says, one of the dumbest things we've ever had on our show, plus a great conversation with a lot of information. We can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this dumbass show now by the end of it if you enjoy it please be a friend and tell a friend if you don't just act like it never ever happened just be like you know what charge it to the game i just got whatever hour and whatever in my life i'll never get back listen to stupid people i allowed them to penetrate my heroes but i'm not going to tell anybody that's what we would like if you didn't enjoy the show but if you did enjoy the show please be a friend and tell a friend a little guerrilla warfare tactics try to grow this thing um we can't thank you enough we have no idea why you listen, but we're thankful you do. Let's get to the show. A lot of things happened yesterday in another NFL Sunday Week 11 edition. The Colts beat the Packers in an overtime thriller. The Chiefs beat the Raiders in a close game, but one that didn't seem like it was out of touch for the Chiefs the entire night. They did not cover, which sucks for everybody, but they did get the win in Las Vegas. The Titans beat the Ravens. The Steelers remained undefeated, but what did we learn from yesterday? We'll talk about that for the next three hours or so right here on Sirius XM Channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. <laughs> we got overreactions from all around the globe via Twitter. We were trending in the United States at number six just moments after announcing we wanted to have overreactions from people, so we appreciate the hell out of you. We'll get to all of that. Plus, we have Ian Rappaport Ooh. of the NFL Network and respect the specs, the man who hit the 39-yard game winner in overtime yesterday, Hot Rod, Rodrigo Blankenship, Georgia Bulldog will be joining us in about an hour or so. Plus your phone calls, one 888 mad 6 Let's have a great Monday. At Tone Diggs, the Pittsburgh Steelers remain undefeated, blowing out the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. The defense showed up, the offense showed up, but Ben and the boys aren't happy with the big dub that they had yesterday. Well, I mean... The disrespect of the 10-0 team is unbelievable in this league. All anyone's talking about is how bad they are and that the Chiefs are going to blow them out by 45 points. But, you know, we'll see when that time comes. Mike Tomlin said nothing's perfect about us except for our record. <laughs> we'll carry on, basically, is what he said, just trying to get a win. And whenever you talk to anybody in the organization, it does feel like they are, hey, next meeting, next game, mm -hmm. whatever. And I think Ben Roethlisberger said, like, we are not looking to go perfect here. That is a very difficult thing to do. Only one team has been able to do it and win this Super Bowl at the end of the day. We just want to get better and keep getting better. They put a bad team away yesterday, mm -hmm. which isn't normal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at the beginning, it looked like they were going to have to battle against that uh -huh. team. But that team's so bad that the Steelers just went ahead and put mm -hmm. them away. Minka Fitzpatrick gets a couple picks. Although Jake Snake didn't look terrible <laughs> early. <laughs> it seemed like that defense potentially at halftime, Mike Tomlin said to the boys, like, hey, hey, remember what I said about the Mac? Yo, this is a below-the-mat quarterback <laughs> And it seems like they woke up. Now, no offense to Jake the Snake. Luton, you're playing against the uh, greatest defense in the NFL right now. And I guess the Steelers are 24-6 and six or 26-4 and four since 2004 going against rookie quarterbacks. Jeez. Jake had no chance yesterday, but it had to be nice to see the Steelers put a team away when they don't normally do that. Now, immediately afterwards, though, the Steelers, uh, whether it's Ben or other people talking about how they needed to score more points. And I guess Ebron mentioned something about the Kansas City Chiefs. Are 
the Pittsburgh Steelers? How, are they losing focus on the next practice, next meeting, next lift mentality because they're the only team that's 10-0 and and continuing to be a dominant team? Are they worried about the long term as opposed to the short term? And that's getting the next win and securing home field advantage in the AFC, which is going to be tough, especially after the Chiefs get a win last night that they could have definitely lost. They can uh, worry about – they are worrying about the long term because they've talked about – Ben's talked about they don't care about going undefeated. They care about winning the Super Bowl is what they said. And I, if they want to worry about the long term after Thursday, that's fine. Let's wrap up the division on Thursday, and then we can worry about the long term. Because if, if they don't worry about Thursday, the Ravens will dog walk them if they don't. I'm not 100% sure about that. That Ravens team looks absolutely lost. They look like a very different team. Ryan Clark was screaming it this morning, and I know Ryan Clark is a Pittsburgh Steelers guy, so that might be a little bit of a spin zone coming from him anti-Baltimore because Pittsburgh and Baltimore, obviously, for a long time were a big rival. They still are. Thursday is a massive game in the AFC North, especially after Baltimore has owned the AFC North and also has the MVP playing quarterback for them. But that Ravens team, there's something going on. Uh Hey, there's something going on. It seemed like they love being Ravens last year okay there was big trust it just seems like there's something going on over there now now i'm not saying that the titans weren't a great team and aren't a great team i think they are and i think that was going to be a tall task and aj hawk said yeah titans don't need the points going in this weekend because of how much he liked that team but whenever you talk about lamar speaking out about the offense being predictable and then marquise brown saying things and then now he's dropping balls every once in a while it feels like there's something going on in that locker room and in that culture that they're not the same ravens they were last year i think everybody's saying that but thursday night they get a win over the steelers everybody will change their tune very quickly and say hey the Ravens might have hit a little bit of a dry spell but it seems like they found it big game on Thursday night for the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah and I, normally it doesn't matter how either team is playing coming into that game it's just completely different so that's why Thursday I have no reflection of how the Ravens have played these last couple of weeks I will have an impact on Thursday well and, and because you got to think uh uh, the Ravens could be without a head coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? There, there was a chance yesterday that uh, another NFL head coach was potentially just going to kill another head yeah. coach, mm-hmm. and that'd be the big dog, Mike Vrabel, down there in Tennessee. And we talked to Taylor Lewan about Vrabel, uh, Vrabel, Coach Vrabel, and about how he acts. It's like he's in the locker room, but he's the head guy. Mm-hmm. He's making this, hey, we're all in this together. I'm the one making decisions here, setting the schedule and everything like that. And he's really captivated something within that Tennessee Titans locker room that they've never had before. I, I mean, now granted, Jeff Fisher was a great coach there for a long time. They had a little bit of a run long way, way back. But for the most recent history, for a lot of people, the Tennessee Titans were a team that maybe could be good, but everybody knew the Colts were just going to dominate them, so they're not even in it. Much like the Bills, maybe. Mm-hmm. Much like the Raiders are right now, who are a much better team, I think, than anybody's given yeah. them credit for. Mm-hmm. Last night, they looked very, very good. But the Titans, whenever Vrabel got there, he, you know, he kind of brought that team to life. He changed the entire identity. They took the culture of Vrabel, which is like a tough guy. Feels like he's just a tough guy, which is how he played, how people describe him off the field. And it's been a great, great match uh, between he and the Titans organization. But last night, yesterday, uh, not last night, but yesterday, when the Titans won out, stood on the Ravens thing mm-hmm. logo in the middle yeah. of the field. Now, I, I didn't know exactly what they were doing out there. Did It It seemed like there was a lot of players, so that was a conversation that yeah. that had 
taken place by somebody. I'm not saying Vrabel was a part of it, but I'm just saying somebody in that organization, in the locker room, said, uh, before a game, by the way, we're all going to go ahead and jump on that thing. Now, unless they were praying to their Lord, then, by the way, we should yeah. mm-hmm. we should have a completely different stance. You know, maybe they're blessing the field or whatever. Been, yeah. I don't know if they do that every single game. I feel like if they did, this would have potentially happened beforehand, not just in Baltimore. And there had been a big statement, like, that's our team prayer. So I'm not 100% sure it's a team prayer. But that was a message sent. Harbaugh has to go out and defend the field himself, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, shout out to Harbaugh for doing that. Good for him. Uh, but whenever you see Malcolm Butler basically saying, oh, fuck you, <laughs> to yeah. another head coach Whoa. and telling him to get the fuck out, basically, I'm like, oh, my God, this Titans team is hilarious. This team is awesome. But then Vrabel comes out, and Vrabel's basically like, oh, shut up, Harbaugh. Like, mm-hmm. If your players want to come out here and mix it up, maybe we can do that. But you should not be talking here, basically. Then after the game, everybody knows Harbaugh shooed off Vrabel. Yeah. Vrabel gets the win with the Titans and looked like they were pretty dominant yesterday, although it went to overtime and Derrick Henry popped off like a 40-yarder to win it or 36-yarder to win it or whatever. That Ravens team looks different. It feels different. I think if you're from the outside looking in, you say, oh, that team doesn't look to be anywhere near what they were last year, but they still have a head coach who didn't get knocked out yesterday True. by another head coach, so they should look on the bright side, and if they get a win on Thanksgiving, nobody will talk about any of the mm. shit that has happened before that Thanksgiving game because that's all it matters in the AFC North. Even though the Steelers have a three-game lead or whatever in the AFC North or a two-game lead, whatever it is at this point, that win would be one that would change the conversation about the Ravens 2020 season. That's why you can't judge them too bad, even though it looks like they are potentially dead uh, at Ty Schmidt, a team that isn't dead, still has a two-game lead in the NFC North. Uh, the Green Bay Packers yesterday mm-hmm. put on an absolute show offensively, over 300 yards, three touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers. He did throw a, a pick to a guy that chased him down. I think that was a whole shot thought where it was a different coverage than what it was. Rocky Seen, I think, makes an incredible mm-hmm. play right there. But the offense looked good yesterday for the Packers, okay? Yeah. When the offense had to score, go down the field to tie it up, put a, they were able to do it in like four or five plays. Deep ball out of the end zone, another one to Devontae, another one real quick. It felt like they were able to move against a very good Colts defense. Mm-hmm. That Colts defense gives everybody problems. Uh, they obviously caused the fumble in overtime. That defense is very good. If you're a Packers fan, how do you feel this morning? Two-game lead in the NFC North, okay? Vikings lose to the Cowboys. They were potentially getting hot. Lions just got shot out to the Carolina Panthers. They yeah, stink. <laughs> Chicago Bears are Chicago Bears. Fair you not. have to feel very comfortable in the <laughs> NFC North, but whenever you think about that playoff picture, which is what we were talking about since the draft, how last year you make to the NFC Championship game, you lose. You do nothing really to change that outcome of that game for this year, and it seems like there's a, a constant. That's if a team can run and move against their team. Aaron can do all he can do to keep up, but will that carry into the playoffs and end up kicking them right in the sack? Yeah, I mean, it's very, very disappointing because like you said, I mean, I think that's like the realization that you come to after the game yesterday. is like, oh, this basically is last year's team. You know, I mean, like, yeah, there's a couple different pieces, but that's why it's tough is because, I mean, you're not – I'm not thinking like, oh, they're going to – like, hopefully they win the division. Like, you, you know, you put them with, like, the Steelers and the Chiefs, or at least I do. It's like uh, – it's Super Bowl or bust. And, I mean, granted, you, you have four turnovers yesterday. It's going to be tough to beat a team like the Colts. Like, they had so many opportunities and just – I mean, like, the, the difference between the first half and the second half, you know, at halftime I'm thinking, like, oh, okay, like, this is – they're going to end up dog-walking them out of the building. And then it's just, like, 
I don't know. It's it's pathetic in the second half. Have to give a lot of credit to that Colts team, though, man. Phillip Rivers For and that sure. offense have been able to move now. First half, not oh, yeah. so much. Second half, they looked very good. Mm-hmm. Looked like they could do whatever. Phil's battling a lower right leg injury. It sounded like we were watching a hockey game, the way they kept talking about the way he was. Eh, it's a lower body injury on his right side, mm-hmm. I think, or whatever. It's interesting to see what ends up happening with him. Also, he wears no cleats at all. He wears just flats, basically, uh-huh. on the field. Interesting. Not even a thought of running. Weapon. <laughs> if yeah. I get tackled, I want my feet to be able to slide to so I don't get folded up on. You do whatever you got to do. He's been, in that Colts team, what a massive win at home there. Mm-hmm. I mean, massive win. The defense in the first half was kind of like, oh, my God, here we go. Did, did we think the Colts or the Packers were going to be able to do whatever? They were able to get very meaningful stops, a massive turnover, uh, forced fumble and an interception, and the special teams played well. Colts team's playing very good football right now. Is it enough to go the long haul in the AFC with the likes of the Steelers and the Chiefs? And if this Titans team can continue to get moving, I mean, there's, there's a lot of shit that has to happen, but the Colts team's got to be very very pumped about how they played the Packers yesterday. Yeah, I mean, and they basically—that's exactly how you beat the Packers. I think it, it was at when there was eight minutes and fifty-two seconds left in the fourth quarter. The Colts had run thirty-six plays on offense, and the Packers had run six. So it's just like, you know, they—the Packers shouldn't have to score on every single possession, but. I mean, Mike Pettin stinks at his job, so like Whoa! they they pretty much oh, they do, well, I mean, is that overreaction Monday? That is not an overreaction at all. <laughs> like if he just, well, I mean, he, the guy fucking stinks at his job. Oh, should have fired him after last he year. He was but, trending yesterday very high, by the way. Mike Pettin was yeah. trending very, very high in the trends. I saw it. I took a little look see in there, and it was it, there was some flames coming from the Packers fans. Oh yeah. I text Ty. I go, hey. Fans are starting to turn on Mike, and he's like, not starting, pal. They, they have, they've been had that. And I guess he just signed an extension, too. So it's a lot of interesting shit going on over there in Green Bay. I mean, you would think that they'll shit can him after this year. I mean, they should have done they, they should have done it at, like, four different points of this season already. But I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. But, like, I like when you look at the sideline, like, Lafleur's. He's fired up. Like, he shows emotion. He'll get pissed Pops, out By there. the way, him and Big Bob Tanya exactly. get into it, pushing yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah. Anytime they show Petten, it's just like he's got his fucking eyes closed. It's like, <laughs> dude, your defense just gave up 98 yards in four plays. Like, show some emotion. It's, I don't know, it's very, very frustrating. Well, if they're successful, the no emotion is good because it's like this guy's been here before. Whenever they're bad, the no emotion makes fans think that you're complacent with what's going on. This was kind of Jim Caldwell's uh, gift and curse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Whenever Whenever we were doing well and Jim showed no emotion, it was like, uh, you see that guy. Like, he expects to win. He's just always, mm-hmm. always a businessman. And then whenever the Lions were doing bad and Jim wasn't throwing headsets, they were like, this guy doesn't even care. Whoa. Does he even have a soul on the sideline? football. This guy doesn't even care if the Lions stink or whatever. It's like, well, I think he did care that the Lions stink. <laughs> Probably more so than anybody in the history of the Lions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. the Lions fucking stink, dude. Oh. 20 zip. 20 zip yep. against Carolina Panthers, who had nobody playing for him, basically, nope. and uh, just shut it all down. Now, granted, the Lions had a lot of people out, too. So, like, let's not talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or let's talk about that. Stafford had a broken thumb or whatever. Yep. Carolina Panthers' future, though, is very bright. I think that's what everybody's noticing. And mm-hmm. congrats to P.J. Walker on yeah. his first yep. NFL start getting a dub. Another team that's completely dead. You guys stink, dude. Uh, it is not <laughs> fun. You are right. And our Man. defense stinks. Everyone's talking about Cam Newton in the offense. They blow. The defense is pathetic. And there was a couple. Of, now, Cam ended up throwing for like 365 oh, or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Insane numbers he mm-hmm. put up against that Houston Texans defense, which 
I mean, it's kind of hit or miss, I guess, that defense. You never know what's going to happen. J.J. Watt made some plays yesterday. But there were a couple passes by Cam Newton where something happens. I don't know if it's his shoulder or something slips. Yeah. He throws it right into the dirt, and it's a very ugly-looking ball. Oh, yeah. it, it's like a couple short passes. It's, it's almost like when a pitcher has to throw the ball to first base. Mm, you exactly. know, and they yeah. don't really know yes. what to do. It's yep. like uh, it's one of those things. A couple of his passes yesterday looked like that, like he couldn't. But then there was a couple that he just dropped into buckets. Uh-huh. I mean, it's real hit or miss. I'm in, I'm intrigued. And by the way, the way he dressed yesterday, let's oh, fantastic. Yeah. Hey, ten out of ten. Hey, He really did look like the yodel guy uh-huh. on the Price Is Right going up and then going down. <laughs> and if you don't respect fashion, obviously you have no idea what you're looking yeah, at. Exactly. Right get out. Of okay, time. get out of town. This is a big high, big high fashion show. Yeah. Huge. Would any of us ever wear? It? No, no, no. Because we know that we aren't fashionable enough to wear something like that. Mm-hmm. But when you wear something like that, you know that you are very comfortable in your abilities. Okay, you know that you are very a confident person because yes. mm-hmm. you know the internet's going to do exactly what it did. I mean, two different color laces, uh, none of it matches each other. So this, <laughs> I mean, it is super high fashion. The lace colors, those two aren't even in the shorts or in in the boats. I mean, it's just, there's no matching of any of it. And I think that's why I love it so much because Cam goes, give me one of these, give me one of these, bow tie on this thing, top hat on this thing, couple boots like the yodel guy, Mm -hmm. high socks, suspenders. Let me get it. I I love this out of Cam Newton. Me too. And I like that. There are some great, there is some greatness left in Cam Newton. You see it whenever he's playing. There's some greatness level. But then there's some things he does that just are like, well, what happened there, Cam? Maybe a new system or whatever. Maybe just something happens. But the defense, I mean, Deshaun Watson ran some people over, Did flexed everything. on them, mm-hmm. threw some touchdowns, made some plays. I'm intrigued with what the hell is going to happen down in Houston, but also what what's going to happen with Cam Newton after this season. Somebody's going to sign him after this year, oh, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, you want 86 nights with nobody signing him? Uh, it, I don't think it's going to be the Patriots. Patriots are going to go younger, obviously. It, maybe. Who knows? But it's he's an interesting watch. He's a very interesting watch because you know he still has it mentally because the way he dresses. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he still feels oh, yeah. good about himself. There's some plays he makes where you're like, guy still got it. That guy still got it. But then there's this record thing and this losing thing that is just coming in to bite you all in the ass. And Patriots fans, by the way, are almost like Colts fans the year that we learned that Peyton uh, had to get his entire uh, spine redone or whatever it was, uh-huh. and we were losing games, showing up with bags on their heads after having the winningest decade in NFL history. Yep. That's what the internet looked like for Patriots fans last night. It is, it is. oh, my God, we suck. What the hell is going to happen right now? Full panic up there in New England, huh? Yeah, well, it stinks to be 4-6 and six in the full season, 2-1 and one in the new season, but the silver lining is we're first in fashion, so that feels good. <laughs> but Definitely first in fashion. Definitely yeah. first, hands down. Oh, but Travis Kelsey. You yeah. say we're going to go you know, younger. At 4-6. True. True. Travis Kelsey is... Mm-hmm. Maybe the best dressed guy to ever yeah. play. Yeah, he's also sport. the best tight end in the game. He's unbelievable. Yeah, but when we're talking fashion wise, yeah. yes, exactly. fashion wise, I would like. I think Travis Kelsey deserves yeah, a little bit more. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're right up there with Travis Kelsey, which feels good. But how are we going to go younger at quarterback if we're four and six and we're going to have a middle of the road pick? Yeah, but Bill can make a play. Like, Trade but, up. But by the way, by the way. Yeah, Darnold. There's gonna be Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Matt Stafford's probably oh, gonna be available. No. Drew Locke's on the on the block. All uh, of a I think I do believe Drew Locke is probably on the block over there. Yeah, Ooh. I would assume. I would assume. Now, listen, I'm not saying Drew's done with football or whatever, but there's no way the Broncos are gonna go another season with him as their guy, right? I don't think so. Mm-mm. I mean, maybe I've not talked to anybody over there. 
I haven't watched enough football. I know he threw four picks last week, and three of them were bad. Yeah. I know there was another one this week. Now, granted, they did beat yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah. Ooh, no. That's the best he's looked all year was yesterday. He didn't get benched. He looked very good. Oh, yesterday. you're saying, oh, you're saying no. Tua is potentially dead in Miami? Yeah. Oh, geez. And by the way, what if, what if Drew Locke, you know, just continues to play like this? Then who knows? Maybe they build around Drew Locke mm-hmm. and do that whole thing. Probably going to have new coach, by the way. Probably yeah. going to have new everything. So it'll be another offensive coordinator, another restart. But the Miami Dolphins, a team that we thought were going to be a squad over there in the AFC East, well, they're benching to a oh, 76% Ooh. of the public money was on the Dolphins to oh, cover three no. and a half. Oh, no. I mean, everybody on earth thought this hot Dolphins team with their quarterback saying, hey, uh, the NFL, I thought it would be much harder than it is, and them winning games and rolling. They go over to Mile High City, Gumpy, and your team lays an egg over there, and then they bench Tua, bring in Fitzmagic, who almost makes magical things happen, gets almost. picked off in the end zone. Yikes. I'm excited to see what the fuck happens if he leads them on a 99-yard oh. touchdown drive to get it to overtime, <laughs> and then they get, they win that thing. What do you do next week? Uh, Brian Flores, they said that Tua will be starting next week, although he got uh, benched this particular week. Is this what you expected as a Dolphins fan? Like, hey, if Tua struggles, we do got the magic on the sideline. Mm-hmm. He can maybe bring us back in a game. We'll pull him back in, put Tua in. He throws a pick. All right, you're out again. Get out. And what's the what's the future looking like with Tua? I mean, everything that could have went wrong yesterday did go wrong. They named Tua the starter because they played the Jets this weekend. I mean, it doesn't fucking matter. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Flacco's been slinging it. Flacco. Flacco threw a handoff pick six. He did. He did. <laughs> it was a handoff. It was maybe the worst pick six I've ever seen. And, and I, Flacco had – hey, Flacco has won a Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. Flacco's made $100 million. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't want to even act as if we are a team that dumps on Flacco. But when Flacco does some things, obviously you got to talk about it. His pick six yesterday out of his end zone – it's like he told the corner that it was happening. I don't even think he looked anywhere else the entire – looked right at the guy, and then he like threw like a lollipop almost in the corner. Like, are you kidding me, dude? What are we even doing here? Uh, the Jets are such an interesting team. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe Tua gets a win and they get back. Uh, the AFC East, Patriots are dead. Whoa, uh, whoa. You guys are dead. Yeah, no, we're dead. At, we just entered the must-win season. No, no, so no, no, no. You guys are dead. Again. Listen, you'll you win games. Six straight. We're not saying that you're not going to win another game this Mm-mm. season. What we're saying, though, is y'all motherfuckers are out of the conversation now. Yeah. And that's, by the way, not normal at all. It's not. We're not happy about it either. No, Whenever you see no. great things die, it's yeah. tough for all of us. But it feels like the Patriots are nowhere near the conversation. I mean, yesterday was a game. If they win, everybody goes, see, this is what the Patriots are going to do. Go. They're going to win games mm-hmm. and everything like that. Now it's like probably out of the conversation, especially in the AFC, which is loaded yeah, right very now. good. Uh, before we get to a break, and Ian Rappaport joins us on the other side. At Viva Lazito, what is your overreaction Monday poll, pal? Yeah, you got uh, what better we hammering tonight. Uh, it's actually a very close race here, but Rams plus four and a half is 24.9%. Um, Bucks minus four and a half, 27.2. Over uh, 24.8%. Under 23.2%. So we're all sitting on the under right now. Now listen, bad weekend of gambling for everybody, mm. us included. Mm. Okay, oh, yeah. Got a lot of tweets about how we lost people money. Well, guess what that means? We lost a lot of money too. <laughs> Damn yeah. it. So Come on. The, so do the rest of the okay? world. The world, the world. Sportsbook's right this weekend. Mm-hmm. Who says we can't turn it around tonight? Mm. A lot of things. Mostly the trend that we're all happy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. Uh-uh. Hey, why but this not thing's going to get hot. Why not why us? Not why, us? Not why, not why not us? Why not us? 
But yeah, there's a lot of reasons. It feels like it was because none of us can hit a bat. Feels like nobody. <laughs> feels like we're shooting a lot of shots, and yeah. somehow, some way, the rim's moving. Randy Bullock is leaving seven points on the board. Mm-hmm. The Cincinnati Bengals refuse to block for the franchise guy. Okay, that shot's in, and then the hoop just goes. <laughs> See you later. Keep swinging, my friends. Keep swinging. That's right. Fucking unbelievable. We will keep swinging. We will. Have to. We will not give up. Never. We will not quit. We will continue to throw fists with these sports books and their algorithms and their big ass chandeliers and their big bank accounts that are only growing, it feels like, every fucking Sunday. We will walk right on to the sports books emblem right in the middle of their field. Yeah. And when they walk out, we'll look them right in the face and say, fuck you. Fuck you. Joining us now is a man who has all the inside goods. Oh, <laughs> Works for the NFL Network. He's an insider, I think, Ooh. on NFL.com or something like that. Wow. He also does uh, stuff on the daily NFL show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Ladies awesome. and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah. Rap Sheet and Friends, son of a bitch. I knew I was missing something. Host of the Rap Sheet and Friends podcast, which mm-hmm. is a great show we all listen to. That's on me. That's on me. Sorry, you should just write it down. It's easier to remember. I don't, th- I don't do that. I'm like Nick Cannon and Drumline, pal. Can't read the music, can only duplicate it. Now, let's talk about something, though, here. Ian, did you learn anything about the Vrabel-Hardball incident? What happened? Were the Titans praying on the emblem? Is that what Hardball broke up, was one big prayer? Or was that something you think that was premeditated over there? Yeah, I don't know if it was really exactly what you'd call a pregame prayer. I, okay. I will say this. like, I do really get a kick out of two coaches kind of getting all, you know, at each other before the game and chirping and trash talking and all that, because then I get to think about the kind of things that I really want to think about, which all right, if those guys got into a fight, (laughs) how would it be? And I know everyone says that Vrabel's kind of like the odds on favorite for, you know, coaches. If there was like a Royal Rumble, Vrabel would be the one standing in the ring with his arms raised. Yeah, it might be true. But do not sleep on Harbaugh. First oh, of all, okay. those Harbaugh's are <laughs> yeah. feisty. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, they are. They, I would imagine those two NFL linebacker feisty. Yeah, yeah. Just NFL like linebacker feisty. You know, like fist fight, mm-hmm. like that, that, like yeah. every single day of your life, uh, feisty. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it would be a better matchup than than people realize, but I, I would probably pay to see it. Yeah, I think Vrabel would end that thing very quickly, and that's no disrespect to Hardball. That's wow. just an NFL linebacker. I mean, that is, that's an NFL linebacker, Rappaport. This isn't like, uh, like oh, you know, Hardball is a tough guy like at the YMCA. I get that. Mm-hmm. Like, this is Vrabel, who I think still does linebacker drills in practice yeah. to this he moment. Does. Yeah, that's... Just jumps right in. Yeah, yep. so, so I think even if Hardball, let's say Hardball is feisty and has good movement, you know, which we can assume he would have good movement. Scrappy, I would say. Probably. I think Vrabel would just eat him. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think Vrabel mm-hmm. would just eat that. Like, I don't wow. even... Yeah, I think he would. You don't think so? I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't think it would be fast. I, maybe Vrabel would win. I'm sure he would, but I just don't think it would be... Yeah. I, yeah, like, I, mean, I don't think it'd be like, you know, leg. Derek Henry Both. running over a corner where it's yeah. just like... I don't think it'll be that. I think Vrabel tackles him pretty quick now that I think about it. I think, I think that's a pretty quick tackle. And wow. I think I think full mount there. Uh-huh. And unless Harbaugh's been practicing on jujitsu, which I'm not 100% sure he is, and unless he can get his – I think Vrabel is potentially playing drums with Harbaugh's face very quickly in that mm-hmm. I, I cannot I, believe the disrespect. Yeah, I think it's – I think it, Wow. He might even – now listen, he might even take one of Harbaugh's hands with both of his hands – Put it under his knee and then take 
the other one and put Ooh. that under his knee. And I think he's potentially even Johnny Bones Jones yeah. elbowing. <laughs> I think that thing's over very quickly. I can't quick. believe it. I, I just, <laughs> you, you really need to have Harbaugh on to, just to say it to his face. I think it would be the only fair thing. No, listen. I Hey, that would happen to me, too. Or other if I, Harbaugh. Hey, if I'm fighting Vrabel, that's happening to me, too. Mm-hmm. What I think you are disrespecting well, is Vrabel here. Like, yeah. I think you're disrespecting Vrabel in this entire Don't thing. Don't turn it around on me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's you, Rappaport. I see what you did there. Yeah, you just spit on Vrabel's athleticism and toughness. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that was you. I don't know about that. But right. anyway, anyway. Uh, I think the most interesting thing that happened yesterday, besides those two guys almost fighting uh, at the – you know, 50-yard line before the game is what played out at the end. I mean, I, I mean, I didn't know the Titans are kind of bullies a little bit. I mean, watching Derrick Henry just wear down a defense is, awesome. I mean, obviously noteworthy in something. I mean, that's why they have him, so he could basically do what he did yesterday, which is just overwhelm them in overtime and physicality. Um, but it's it's been fascinating how quickly the questions about the Ravens have arose. I mean, Lamar's kind of getting some questions. Can they play from behind? Can they lead a comeback? Didn't yesterday, obviously. Um, got a short week, so it's not going to be like a whole week of questions. But um, the Ravens are in a kind of precarious spot, Ooh. I would say, right now. Yeah, what are you hearing out of that locker room? Because a couple of weeks ago, there was a tweet from Hollywood Brown about not using soldiers. And then last week... Um, Lamar Jackson was on Rich Eisen's show. By the way, got a chance to chat with Rich this weekend a little oh, bit. How's he doing? Nice to chat with Rich. I love great. Rich. Yeah, I'm big. Guy. Yeah, I'm big Rich Eisen. We're all big Rich Eisen, except oh, yeah. for Zito. He kind of oh, yeah. dunked on Zito yeah. one day, but it's uh, that's going to happen. Some to charge it to the game. Uh, but I got a chance to uh, chat with him a little bit uh, last week on his show. Lamar Jackson said that we're getting predictable, or people are starting to know what we're saying, and. It, it, it feels like this is nowhere near the same big trust. It feels like there's big distrust over there in Baltimore right now. Are you hearing anything out of the locker room? What is it? Is it just because they're not winning as much or not as dominant? Uh, what do well, you th- and, and I think, you know, they obviously injuries to losing Ronnie Stanley, one of the best left tackles in football is, I mean, everyone has injuries. So it just depends what parts of the team it hits. But I, think, I do think that's affected them. And Mark Ingram is a year older. Um, J.K. Dobbins has kind of emerged a little bit there in that backfield. But, um, you know, I, I think what does happen, you know this too, is is everyone catches up a little bit, right? Like it is, you take the league by storm, you got something no one's seen before, you kind of overwhelm everyone with a running quarterback who can also be really, really accurate and, you know, always has the threat of running. So I think that kind of makes the defense pause a little bit. Uh, and then everyone goes to school. Everyone spends a whole offseason making sure that the MVP doesn't beat them. Huh. And that's why it's hard to have sustained success. I mean, and that's why, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes was, you know, obviously great. Uh, well, I really has been great all the time. But it really, last year there was a point where I feel like not everybody caught up, but he almost had to kind of, him and Andy Reid had to kind of reinvent themselves a little bit. And that evolution has taken them to the next level. Like now it's on – Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson and the Ravens to be like, all right, so people know. Like, okay, they've, they say they figured it out. They can call it our stuff at the line. Like, okay, we can figure stuff out too. How are we going to adapt? And that's kind of the next place for the Ravens to go. That involves putting your ego aside a lot and kind of moving forward, which is amazing what the Chiefs have been able to do. It's kind of a natural transition there. That's why you're the host of Rap Sheet and Friends. Thanks for getting us to that point. The whole um, victory lap thing. With the uh, the Raiders bust. Uh, now, granted, 
for us, obviously, whenever you talk daily about football, whenever something like that pops off, it is glorious because mm. it just gives us something to overreact to and be ridiculous oh, yeah. about. But the fact that Andy Reid was talking about it, okay, then Gruden obviously got talked about it. That Was was that an actual sentiment around the Chiefs? Because Patrick Mahomes was asked about it uh, yesterday after the game, and he was like, uh, basically, he just wanted to show him that the AFC West runs through Kansas City. But he, like, he even took like a little bit of uh, – and when he was asked about the bus, he was like, yeah, it was good to get a win. Let's move on. But I think Andy Reid actually used that as real motivation within the building. And, man, what a good win for them to get on the road. That Raiders team is a lot better, I think, than anybody's given them credit for. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I do think they were kind of pissed. I mean, I, I remember hearing this stuff early in the week, and Andy Reid was kind of like, yeah, we you know, we, we noticed that. And, like, I, I do think they used it as kind of bulletin board material. I honestly didn't even remember it. I had to look it up. And just like ask some questions about it because I'm like, what is everybody so angry about? But basically, what happened was um, the Raiders were were leaving Arrowhead, and they had a local bus driver, someone just you know whose job it is to drive their bus. Normal. And that by the guy way. was and that guy was talking trash, uh, and he basically <laughs> told the Raiders bus, uh, you know, enjoy this now. This is not going to happen next time. And so. The Raiders brass told him to drive around again and do a victory lap. Oh, and that's how it because the bus driver was talking trash. And so, uh, John Gruden, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, man. Hey, uh, take another fucking lap, man. All right. All right. You, you want to keep running your little I mean, fat mouth over there? Okay, go ahead and do another I, lap. I assume that's basically exactly what it was. Oh, and I didn't, I didn't know this because, like, I mean, this is whatever. But I will say all this. As you know, football coaches will take the smallest, slightest mm-hmm. thing and use it to their advantage. And I'm here for all of it. Every sort of manufactured bulletin board material, I are I am fully supportive of. So if that is what led Patrick Mahomes to lead them down the field like they were just rolling along and get the game-winning touchdown, like I'm – I'm okay with that. Travis Kelsey, an absolutely unbelievable football player. Andy Reid, by the way, what we were talking about with yeah, Lamar right. Jackson, Andy Reid is a wizard. And the, the the ego aside thing that I was talking about with the Baltimore Ravens, which isn't just Lamar he's, to reinvent himself or reinvent that offense, it's also going to have to be the coaches who normally think they're smarter than everybody else and our plan, our system works. We just have to execute, execute, execute. feels like Andy Reid is a guy who is completely okay with changing to whatever works. Last night, Lev Bell started getting a little bit more involved i'm excited to see what they pull off as we go down another afc team that is currently undefeated the pittsburgh steelers just uh absolutely dog walk the jacksonville jaguars which is not normal for the pittsburgh steelers by the way pittsburgh steelers that is a game that throughout their history would play it close like they would win but it would all steelers fans would be like come on we're better than this we're better than this but also they're 26 and 4 or something like that since 2004 against rookie quarterbacks so you knew they were okay now conversation is uh we have to score more points we have to do this it seems like they're potentially thinking ahead like hey we're gonna have to keep up with the chiefs if we want to go for this thing and nfc we're gonna have to keep it going is Mike Tomlin and Steelers trying to find anything to keep them motivated at this point knowing that the perfect season is inevitably going to come to an end at some point maybe on Thursday against the Ravens yeah I mean first of all if the Ravens do that on Thursday I think that would probably answer some of those a lot of those questions it's weird with the Steelers because they are they're awesome they are complete their defense is very good Ben is probably the last two or maybe three games I guess two games really playing is throwing it as well as he's thrown it I mean in a long time, right? Like, I guess the sound like the elbow surgery is probably something that might even let him prolong his career um, just because he's 
He's probably in as little pain as he's been in, and he really is throwing it very well. They are a great team, and I don't hear people talk about them enough as being a great team. I just hear people like you we say, oh, they're probably going to lose. They're not going to be perfect. Uh, like, you don't listen to this show. Be you listen to right. stupid shows on Jeez. NFL Network. Good I'm just saying. We've like, been talking about oh, yeah, the Steelers this whole time. Like, week one. We, we've been talking Steelers this whole time. People say, I haven't heard that. hey, Yen's oh. down there, big time Steelers, well, homers know. almost. Mm-hmm. We yeah. Talk. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, let's talk about another team that's on the up and up here and a record that should be chatted about with Sean Payton. Uh, New Orleans Saints under Sean Payton here in the last couple of years, I guess, 6-0 and with new quarterbacks, or 6.5-0 now if you count the half that Jameis Winston was in a week ago. Five games with Teddy last year, half a game there with Jameis last week. Taysom Hill yesterday, who in the first half, I think a lot of people were wondering what the hell did Sean Payton see in him. Then second half, making great plays at an added dimension to that offense. Yeah. What is Sean Payton and what are you th- hearing about the New Orleans Saints with Taysom Hill's debut yesterday? Because I thought he looked damn good. Michael Thomas had to love him being in there. He has a big game as well, and that defense is ridiculous in New Orleans. That defense is ridiculous. They are. I mean, and like, Sean Payton's great, and the fact that he went with his gut and put Taysom Hill out there when I'm sure everybody in the world thought he was crazy, and he was great. Like, that's that's all fun. That defense is a championship defense. Um, and I mean, I'm, the focus is on the offense, but like, what they have done the past several weeks has been just awesome. But, you know, I, I the my day on Sunday is basically like everyone else. Like, I sit around and watch games. What happens is when people aren't in games, like teams or uh, agents or whatever, they'll text me just random thoughts on the game because obviously they know I'm watching. And everybody thought it was real funny that Sean Payton chose Taysom Hill in the first half. Uh, and then the second half, it was not so funny because what happened was you kind of put some stuff together and – um, you realize that he's running the offense fine and then they're productive and then he scores a couple of touchdowns and then they win by 20, right? I mean, it was just so kind of slow, methodical, efficient, like just a good quarterback. And so I don't know what the future holds for Taysom Hill, but if we all wanted to find out, like, could this guy be the starting quarterback for the Saints for the next three years or four years or whatever, I think we, I think we found out that he can. And that's... From a guy they literally just claimed off waivers, that is astounding. It really is. Hey, they get, Taysom Hill's got donkey legs now. He, mm-hmm. his, mm-hmm. he, yes. had, he had four, what, season-ending injuries to his legs in college or whatever whenever he was playing at BYU. Yeah. His legs are massive. Tree trunks. And he's incredibly quick and fast. And in the second half, he was throwing balls where they had to be. He was leading receivers. There was a couple times where he backed out of pressure and moved. It was like uh, the first half, everybody was judging him very hard on the internet for whatever reason, obviously, because Jameis is sitting there who threw for 5,000 yards. But in the second half, you saw a lot of people go like, is Taysom Hill for real the next Steve Young? Like, is Taysom Mm -hmm, Hill? There was somebody tweeting this morning in our – Pat, I don't want to overreact, but hashtag, uh, where they were saying Taysom Hill will be better than Lamar Jackson yeah. within one year or whatever. I'm like, holy, that guy won the MVP. Really so down on Lamar. Oh my God. <laughs> Big trust is all lost, dude. Distrust down there, dude. Got to <laughs> do what you got to do. Uh, Joey Burrow, okay. Sad situation. Number one overall pick, a man who's been playing great football for a franchise 
that didn't want to keep him around, it felt like, ever since the beginning. I mean, you go back to week three against Philadelphia Eagles where Joe Burrow's head almost gets dislodged from his body, and you're like, oh, that's the NFL. That's going to happen. It's like, I don't think it should. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just don't think it should. Last year when they were trying to win games, they only won one. This year they've, what, only won two or three or something like that. You get your franchise guy hurt. What is the messaging around there? Is Zach Taylor safe for the time being as the coach for the Bengals, or do you think that's going to be a job that's open? And what are you hearing about Joe Burrow? Yeah, I mean, first of all, on, on Zach Taylor, I have not gotten the sense that that's a job that's in jeopardy. Um, I have not gotten he that stinks. sense at all. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it seems like, and believe me, I mean, there's plenty that are in jeopardy. Um, I have not gotten the sense that that one is in jeopardy at all. Okay. And I think for a young offensive mind who has a quarterback who believes in him, I mean, there's they're clearly not perfect. I think personnel, they got a ways to go, could use a couple, many players on defense. They tried to sign some. One hadn't played all year. Uh, DJ Reader got hurt. I mean, there's they've had a lot of injuries. Shit, um, Carlos I've Dunlap. I've not gotten the mm-hmm. sense that Zach Taylor's in trouble at all, in part because of the work he's done with Joe Burrow. Okay. Um, as for Burrow, you know, he's going to end up being out for the season. Um, initial diagnosis was an ACL. I think everybody, I think everyone knew as soon as the card came out, this is going to be this is going to be bad. I mean, look at that. You know, and, and then you can always tell what a guy means to the league when the opponents come over and they're like man i'm just gonna like i'm just gonna respect this guy uh burrow is a rock star he is going to be fine but he is in for a very long rehab here yeah this is gonna i mean he's a tough dude obviously rust belt guy Mm -hmm. he's gonna be able to get through it but we always talk about this like oh he's got rehab he'll be back and and everybody just takes that for granted rehab sucks can't say that enough rehab this is gonna suck especially yeah absolutely uh connor what do you got rapshi speaking of jobs in jeopardy is this the last year that uh peterson and wentz are in philly and if so when are they going to go with jalen hurts just to see what they got i don't believe that teams really do the see what you got thing right like I, i just i i don't see it uh i think coaches want to win and usually they whatever they see in practice is what they think it is there's not a lot of examples where a guy gets out on the game game field and they're like all right wow i didn't realize this guy was this good i think with the cowboys and Dak, he was a much better game player than he was practice player so maybe that's one example um but i don't think they're just going to put jalen hurts out there to see what he's got i think they're going to ride carson wentz and doug peterson until they just cannot anymore i mean doug won a super bowl carson is their franchise guy who they pay a lot of money they need this to work they need it to work and i believe they're going to be committed to making it work until they have absolutely zero chance of it ever happening they stink what do you got <laughs> yeah rap sheet big dolphins fan here i'm just curious what you think about what they did with tua yesterday bringing in fitzpatrick yeah is he on the hot seat is he the future for sure still is Tua the, the future still i believe Tua is the future i liked it i mean to me like you want accountability in the locker room you want credibility um you want to get your players to know that you will treat them all the same regardless of when they were drafted. Bench the quarterback of the future for performance. Like, it's okay. It's no crime to not play well enough. We've all had bad days. We've all played bad. Uh, it just means that you hold everyone accountable. And then for Flores standing up in the locker room and saying it basically like, yeah, I benched him for performance. Like, kudos to him. Truth. Truth will help. Truth will let your players know that you mean business. I don't, they're not down on two at all. I mean, he's been a great the last several games. Just wasn't yesterday, so they went to Fitzpatrick. And they're going to go back to Tua for the next game. But it does send the message, like, if you are not 
if you're not doing your job, you could also get benched. So that's basically what Eagles fans want to do with Wentz and Hurts, right? Yeah, um, but it is not happening. (laughs) I get the sense. I get the sense. You know, two is still learning. Carson is way past that. If you bench Carson Wentz, it's a big. You are going very, very, very quickly in the complete opposite direction, and everything changes. Ty. Rap sheet. Uh, are the Packers going to get rid of Mike Pettin at the end of the year? They're going to like extend him for another five, six years. That's a big Packers fan right there. By the way, I would say uh, that is a. I don't think anything's happening imminently, but if the defensive struggles continue, that'll obviously be one to let's say check on at the end of the year. Now for the Packers, I mean they're going in the playoffs. They're probably going to go deep in the playoffs. Um, it is hard to play defense in general this year. Um, True, but I do think that'll be an area where I will. Well, last year, at the end of the year, year I will probably ask some questions. Patton's job status. Rap sheet. We appreciate you taking time. You know you've been here for a while. I assume you have some news to break at Ian Rapapar on uh, the Twitter machine. A lot of people. That's not your thing. What is your Twitter handle? Rap sheet. <laughs> that's on me. <laughs> that's on me. Probably should have wrote that down. But drumline. You know what I mean from the beginning. I hear, yeah, no, I hear you. A lot of people on the internet saying. Uh, you're an absolute stooge for thinking that Harbaugh could even come close to uh, holding himself together in a fight against Vrabel. Just yeah. want to let you know, a lot of people on the internet saying it. They're all wrong. People are crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, at Rap Sheet, host of Rap Sheet and Friends, Ian Rappaport. Thank you, Rappaport. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah, and he is also very wrong. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on. Listen, I understand he's feisty, okay? Mm-hmm. And he probably is a tough guy. Like, yo, at the YMCA, you probably give some people some fucking business. Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about an NFL fucking linebacker who is still taking reps at linebacker as a coach of an NFL team. A man who I it seems like could probably uh, drink a 30-pack and smoke two packs of cigarettes all within one hour and go out and do whatever he has to do. So sorry to interrupt, but I want to let you know that Sex is obviously a pretty cool thing, okay? I mean, it's pretty cool. But have you ever tried built-in underwear? Ooh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Everyone knows bird dog shorts, but now they make pants. They stole Lululemon's designer. Okay, Lululemon is the uh, the super expensive, uh, really nice, comfortable stuff. You remember, I mean, it took over the world there for a little bit. Not as much now, but, it, you know, everybody knew that they were. They stole Lululemon's designer, bird dogs did, and now they're just doing it better. Bird dogs are pants, but they have the underwear built in. They're super comfortable. They look exactly like khakis or chinos, but they feel like silky soft pajamas. They're work pants, golf pants, happy hour pants, sleep pants, chill pants. You name it. They're all-terrain pants that are more comfortable than the pants you're wearing for any of those things. You can wear them to all those things, and they're more comfortable doing it. Shout out to bird dogs. Uh, The comfort's immaculate. The fit is fantastic. The material is majestic and the stretch is a necessity especially if you have any quads down there below the hips go to birddogs.com and enter promo code mcafee and they'll throw in a free pair of nunchucks fucking nunchucks dude nunchucks you heard that right they say nunchucks you get an actual murder weapon along with your pair of bird dogs now Everybody's going to know that it's not just the nunchucks that do the murder. And so it's not an actual murder weapon. What you're getting is a tool to keep yourself safe in all situations. We got a pair of nunchucks here, numerous pairs from our, our friends of birthday, and they are legit. I mean, there is legit nunchucks coming with every single order. And although it might be difficult to whip out in a fight, you know what I mean? Might be tough to get out because there is, you know, chains involved and stuff like that. And it's a little bit long. Once they get out, everybody knows you're for real. 
So not only in that fight are you wearing the most comfortable shorts or pants to ever be created in your bird dogs, but also you have a weapon everybody knows you're going to be fucking serious while you're doing it. And if you're getting into a fight, I think there's more conversations we should have about you staying out of fights in those situations. But I'm just telling you, the nunchucks are a must-have, and so are bird dogs. That's why you need to go to birddogs.com, promo code McAfee, and boom, free pair of nunchucks with your pair of bird dogs. You will not take these things off. We promise. That's B-I-R-D-D-O-G-S.com, promo code M-C-A-F-E-E. Boom, free pair of nunchucks. Back to the show. Joining us now is a man that is a kicker for a team that has made a hell of a play and a hell of a run in the AFC South. Yesterday, he put a 39-yard dagger into the Green Bay Packers faithful. Ladies and gentlemen, from the University of Georgia, uh, goes by the rap name Blanco. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Rod, respect the specs, Rodrigo Blankenship. What up, dog? What's up? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. How do you feel on this beautiful victory Monday after going four or five? We'll talk about the 50 yarder. That can't happen. <laughs> I know your leg's stronger than that. Something might have happened, but the way you bounced back after that and hit the ball so pure, there wasn't even a question on any of the kicks yesterday. What was the mindset like going into that game winner? And how do you feel this morning, brother? I mean, it's, it's great. Um, I'm blessed to be here blessed to be a part of this incredible organization that that you've been a part of as well i mean we got a real good thing going and and you know i'm really just blessed to be here what's the mind, um, what's the mindset going out for that kick rod i mean the mindset's you know the same as every other kick you know that's how uh you have success i think that that you know as well as anybody you know you have to be consistent with your approach and with your process and preparation for every single opportunity regardless of you know whether it's a 50 yarder in the middle of the game or uh, you know, a game winner uh, there in overtime. You have to have the same process and the same mentality that you're going out to do your job and execute at a high level. Whenever you stroke the ball, you're a great ball hitter, man. I, it's one of the things that I look at whenever I'm looking at younger kickers because there's a lot of kickers, by the way, rookie kickers that are great in college, okay? That, that's why you get in the NFL, you get a chance, and then they fade out and then they hit the kicker carousel where they're on the workouts and maybe they'll get hot, but normally – more often than not, guys kind of fade out. And the easiest way to look at that and view that on who's going to make it is what their ball rotation is, right? Like, what, what's the ball rotation? If it's a little fat, if, it, if there's, a, there's a good chance that kicker's probably going to miss more kicks than not because the ball is going to move in the air because of science. You hit the ball so damn pure every single time. It's been awesome to watch you become an NFL kicker because you're getting very – you're good. You're damn good. And it's not easy for a rookie kicker to come in here, especially following Adam Vinatieri and do what you've done it's been fun to watch you work brother thank you so much you know it's uh you know it's just an awesome opportunity um you know like i said you know it's just just a blessing to be here and yeah you know i'm just trying to be true to myself be true to my technique because it's allowed me to have a lot of success up to this point you know i'm just trying to trust it and you know just go out there be smooth and hit my ball and, and trust that it's going to start straight and end straight what the hell happened on that 50-yarder, man? That can't happen. You, you, I, I saw a ball in college. You hit like a 55-yarder in a massive game. I think it was a game winner or something like that. You have the leg strength. What happened on that one? Did you hit a little low? Did you duff a little? Did you not swing full? What do you think happened? Yeah, um, I, I, I chunked the ground a little bit. Um, you know, we, we actually just got out of our uh, our, our meeting earlier um, going over all the game tape. And, um, yeah, you know, I, I chunked the ground and, and felt it immediately. I've been really trying to focus on – you know, getting elevation and, and getting ball height at the line of scrimmage to make sure that we're not risking any, uh, you know, any tips or deflections at the line of scrimmage is something I've been working on for a long time. And, um, you know, I, I've tried to, 
make contact a little bit lower on the ball than usual. And I think on that particular rep, you know, just kind of overthink it a little bit, um, you know, which is any specialist worst, you know, worst enemy is overthinking it. Um, and, and just ended up swinging, you know, really too low. My swing path was just really too low and chunked the ground right before contact and that, you know, cut off my swing. You know, I was watching it, okay, and it hits and it goes back. And my first thought was, hey, this kid's a fucking human, dude. This is, <laughs> because, because the moment the NFL, yeah, that's, that's literally what I thought. The, the NFL with money on the line. Now, listen, you played big-time SEC football. I was at the SEC championship game last year against – I mean, I've seen you in those big moments. Those are big moments mentally, right? And a lot of people are like, uh, you know, what's the difference between – because some guys can't make it in the NFL out of college for whatever reason. And I think the money, the whole thing, I, I just think there's a lot involved in it. And your transition has been so smooth. And I think it's because you've been just – this pop sensation for the last three, four years. I mean, you are a guy that everybody on earth was rooting for coming out of college, not just Georgia Bulldogs, because of the specs and because of the big kick. For those that don't know your story, maybe, the rec specs, not only do they look awesome, and not only do you you probably help out a lot of kids that potentially have to have, wear them and say like, hey, that's one of, that's somebody who looks like me who's up there, but why are the specs a thing? And uh, do you think they give you an added advantage because you kind of have blinders on at all times? You know what I mean? You're only focused on one thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Uh, I Probably. mean, I, I had to wear, I had to wear glasses for a long time. I've been wearing glasses since like seventh or eighth grade and, uh, and, you know, started wearing specs actually to play basketball in high school and just carried them over into soccer and into football, um, you know, ever since then. So, you know, I've, I've had the specs for a real long time and, uh, you know, they've just become part of me and part of my identity. And, um, you know, I think it just speaks to, you know, anybody that, you know, that looks up to me or, or, you know, can take it after me and being comfortable in their own skin. Um, you know, it's just something that, that I've always always liked and I've always thought has made me unique. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of stuff on Twitter and Instagram, you know, of, of people, you know, with like posting Iron Man, you know, type memes and pictures and edits of like what's really going on in Rod Speck. <laughs> um, and, and, and that's always pretty cool, uh, you know, with like the little targeting system, stuff like that. I've, I've seen some, you know, some funny edits and memes like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I just rock them and, uh, you know, they just go with, go with me everywhere. You got to respect the specs. Also, you launch a clothing line, and your people reach out to me to give me stuff. Yeah, I want to let you know we we wanted to buy it to support the biz. We understand the biz, so we've bought a bunch of stuff. It. Hey, no problem. Go ahead and get a plug for this right now. We, uh, I'm pumped <laughs> for you building your own business, brother. What is? Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, um, we uh, we launched the merchandise line after um, after our Thursday night game last week. Um, and for anybody that wants to, you know, that wants to support, wants to get some respect to Specs merch, I'm wearing Ooh. one of them right now. Yeah, it's a good shirt. Yeah. Um, you can go to uh, RodrigoBlankenship.shop, and um, all the stuff that we have available right now uh, is on there. Um, we've got this design. We've got uh, an, an eye exam type design that uh, I really like with walk-on mentality and respect the Specs, and we've got the, the Iron Man design as well that's been really popular from – a lot of people that I've seen posting their purchases on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's been a really popular design as well. So if anyone wants to go support, I would greatly appreciate it. We bought two of each, by the way, because I really I, I respect your business, man. I do. I respect it. Um, I like that you're doing it. But also, just a few days after launching a store, by the way, if you have a bad game, everybody's going to shit on you. <laughs> Instead, you go four or five, hit a game winner. How you doing? Keep it moving. I can do more than one thing. <laughs> good, good. Way to go, Hot Rod. That's an awesome thing. The walk-on mentality. I see you pitching that a lot. So I would assume, I mean, let's, 
let's not do big brain stuff here, but you walked on at Georgia, I'd assume. You obviously end up earning the starting role in a scholarship. And then for the Colts, this is such a perfect thing for your story because you and I were supposed to do an ESPN NFL Instagram live uh, chat day of draft, third day of the draft, or, or Sunday of the draft or whatever. And we're supposed mm-hmm. to talk about our draft days. And I was supposed to ask you how you were feeling and everything like that. Where I live, now that you know Indianapolis a little bit better, there isn't great Wi-Fi. Like, there isn't great Wi-Fi where I live. Mm-hmm. Couldn't connect. Yeah. But we did get a chance to chat aside from that on the draft day. And I think mm-hmm. the thing I told you was like, there was teams that told me they were going to draft me and they didn't. So um, no matter how today ends up, you're going to get a shot. Just go make the most of it. Then you end up that exact thing happening. You get overlooked by every single team, even after hitting 55 yarders in the Rose Bowl, even after playing in all these massive games, have these big moments and all this, they look over you and you get a chance to come to the Colts. Why? I assume there was options. Why did you come to the Colts? And whenever that draft day ends and you don't get your name heard, what was the feeling there? Um, yeah, you know, I think it was, uh, you know, just the feeling was like, you know, I've, I've got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder now. Um, you know, like you said, you know, I, I walked on at Georgia. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of felt like that all over again. It kind of felt like being a walk-on all over again. And, uh, you know, you kind of have to have that chip on your shoulder that, um, you know, you, you're going to be out to have something to prove every single day. Um, for for the rest of your life, for the rest of your career, um, you know why why the Colts? I, I just developed a really great relationship with Coach Bubba and with Coach Frankie, our uh, awesome special teams coordinators that we've got. Um, you know they had they had always uh, you know been very honest and very you know upfront and forthcoming with me throughout the entire process that they were very interested in me. Um, and you know I just you know developed a really great relationship with them that I felt you know surpassed the relationships I had built with all the other coaches from uh, the other organizations that had shown interest in. Uh, you know, so when when the draft started to dwindle down there at the end and, and the last few picks were rolling in, you know, they were, uh, you know, making their voices heard, um, you know, to me very clearly that they were very interested. Um, and, you know, I felt like it would be a great organization to come to. Obviously, you know, uh, Colts have established a precedent for having some top of the line specialists, um, obviously, most recently with with Vinny and with yourself um, and, and Luke and Rigo now, you know, are doing a, a dang good job and have been for the last, uh, you know, four years or so. And so I just felt like there had been a precedent established for, you know, uh, high-end performance at, at the specialist position. And, you know, I felt like it would be a really great place for me to wind up. It's great. By the way, Rigoberto Sanchez gets nowhere near the amount of credit he deserves, too. That dude is incredibly talented. He plays much different than I do, but we basically have the same strategy. He is unbelievable and tarzan your long snapper is the most yoked dude i've seen <laughs> in my entire life especially you guys are incredible to watch man it's a lot of fun connor what do you got hot rod you mentioned going online and like seeing the funny memes of you locked in but do you ever go on there and see kind of negative stuff and does that affect you or does it more motivate you to kind of get better at kicking i mean it comes with the territory um you know i think that the the specialist positions have uh increased in visibility among fans over the years um you know i think you know, kickers now are some of the more popular players on the team where if you think back however many years, you know, 30, 40 years, um, they were probably some of the least visible. But now, you know, some of the most popular players across the league, at oh, least yeah. at least I think, you know, are, are oh, some yeah. team specialists. You know, I think guys like Justin Tucker and Harrison Butker are names that everybody knows across the league. Um, and it's because they're dang good at their jobs and, and make big kicks. And now the positions are becoming more and more visible. And so I think that that just kind of comes with the comes with the territory, um, you know, having a lot of interaction and a lot of feedback from the fans, both positive and negative. Um, you know, it's just something that you have to deal with. And, uh, 
you know, just, just have a plan for it. You know, I've, I've started a new uh, part of my, my routine uh, this year with my social media where, you know, I'll, I'll make my, my traditional pregame post the night before the game and just kind of let it ride. And, um, you know, when I wake up the next morning, I turn off the comments. And that way, regardless of whatever happens in the game, good or bad, uh, you know, you're not getting a ton of stuff from the fans uh, after the game coming in and, and flooding your system. And I think that that's really helped me to, you know, be able to maintain a good headspace after the game and just be able to go about the rest of my business in a good way after the game. That's a smart idea. That's really – and good for you for not even looking at it. Yeah. You don't do the Twitter? Probably smart. Twitter's, Twitter's – I, Yeah, I mean, I, I get on Twitter and, you know, I, I check it out. I like to obviously support the Colts, support the, the dogs in whatever way I can. So if we're watching the, the UGA games on Saturdays, then I'll go on and tweet a little while. But, yeah, you know, try and stay – away from Twitter uh, in the immediate aftermath of the game just to avoid any of that stuff. Your time at Georgia was awesome. I mean, you have a rap song out. It's very yeah. good, oh. too. Like, you mm-hmm. go. Like, you Dang. go in the rap song. Blanco, there's pictures of you, I think, at Quavo. I'm not 100% sure, I believe. And then in, yeah. at the University <laughs> of Georgia, you're beloved by everybody down there. What a run down there as a Georgia Bulldog. There's no way you could have expected any of that to happen. Or maybe you did. May, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. No, no. I think, uh, you know, I, I think my experience at UGA was beyond my wildest dreams. You know, I never could have imagined, you know, having your name called in the starting lineup on the on the video boards before games and, and the whole stadium, you know, going crazy for you is, you know, beyond my my wildest dreams. Everything that happened, you know, we had such an incredible run there and I was so blessed to have, you know, so many opportunities to play in big games, go to the playoffs, play in the SEC championship game, national championship game. Um, yeah, it was just unreal. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you're only, it's only going to get better, brother. It seems like the team you're on is a young group. Seems like they're ready to go. Now, granted, Phillip's like 77 years old and mm-hmm. can still sling it or whatever, but it feels like there's a young culture there in Indianapolis that I believe you're going to be a part of for a long time. In with Rigoberto kicking off for you. I mean, phew, let's go. Let's keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, is I, a... I think I think we got a real good real good thing going. <laughs> really talented guys and a lot, you know, in a lot of positions across the board. We got a lot of young talent and we're only getting better. Hey, congrats on the game winner yesterday. Congrats on a hell of a start to your career here. Can't wait to watch you. Ladies and gentlemen, Hot Rod Rodrigo Blanket. Yeah. Joining us is a man who's a national champion in college football, a Super Bowl champion in the NFL. He lives in the Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hawk. What's going on, dude? What's happening? How you how you guys doing so far? Uh, not too bad. We've had a great day. I just want to let you know. We've been on one today. Uh, there seems to be a special, I think because week 11 is about finished and, you know, six weeks basically until mm. end of the season and the playoffs are in there. You know, we've been on what we like to call a run here and it seems like there is light at the end of the tunnel and that's been great for everybody. Also, Thanksgiving's a few days oh, away. Turkey, yeah. stuffing, Ooh, apple pie, you know, everything yeah. that goes on with that. So we feel good. How do you feel? I want to get your take on something though, AJ, real quick. I hope you feel good, by the way. Didn't give you a chance to answer that question. That's on me. It happens a lot on this show. The um, Mike Vrabel, friend of yours? Would you say friend of yours? Yeah. Okay. Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network came on here earlier today, and I talked about it. I said, hey, how did this come about? What are you hearing from both sides? And he said, you know, a lot of people are discounting Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh is feisty or whatever. I said, uh, I said, Vrabel would speed bag 
Harbaugh. Like, and he was like, oh, the Harbaugh family, blah, blah. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. He didn't play middle linebacker in the NFL or whatever. He he would die. And he was like, he's tough, though. I'm like, hey, listen, maybe at the YMCA, he's a tough guy, okay? I understand that. And, and I assume Harbaugh could beat me up, okay? I'm not even saying that. But when you're comparing somebody who looks like he could drink a 30-pack and smoke two packs of cigarettes in one hour and is still doing middle linebacker drills as a, a grown-ass man, you got to put him up there as probably a guy who could eat a Harbaugh punch or two and speed bag him. And Rapport was like, yeah, oh, you're disrespecting Harbaugh. I was like, I think you're disrespecting Vrabel. So that's now that you're caught up with the entire conversation, it led us to this graphic right here because we have to break this thing down. You, you knowing Vrabel, aside from just the obvious numbers, 6'4", 261 to 6'1", 200, he's, he's uh, you know, 13 years younger than Harbaugh. He's won more Super Bowls. He has 13 years of NFL experience and Harbaugh did not participate. What do you think, aside from this, would tell you that, that Vrabel's probably the head coach in the NFL you would not want to fight if you're anybody, let alone John Harbaugh? It's not even a question, and you can call me biased or whatever. I used to work out with Vrabel when he was still playing in the league before he got into coaching, and he is. He's one of those guys that's an absolute physical freak. He can do. He could stay. He could legit stay up for three days straight and come in and run 20 gassers in the conditioning test and beat every single college player there. Like oh, that's that's, that's Braves. That's who he is. Like he's he's tough as nails. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He's not going to apologize. And he's very professional. He's crazy smart too. So you package that together. No, there's no chance. And, and this is taking nothing away from Harbaugh. Nothing. Harbaugh is, I wouldn't mess with him. He's a tough dude. Like I would not want to mess with him. But also Vrabel. I think he would subscribe to, you know, the thought that, hey, if it's a fight, like, there's no rules, like, zero rules. So people always think, oh, I've seen someone go up to an MMA guy, like a legit fighter, but, like, hey, so if I was getting a street fight, what do I do? And he said, kick him in the dick. <laughs> the first thing I would do. The guy's like, what do you mean? He's like, it's a street fight. What do you, there's no rules. That's what I do. Kick him in the dick. Then I can do whatever I want with him. I, said, oh. <laughs> I think Rabel may, he would do whatever it took to win. The thing about Vrabel is, I think he tackles Harbaugh within the first second. Like, even while tackling, he might eat two punches. Mm-hmm. But maybe, hey, give Harbaugh, if he's got hands like Ali, 50 punches. If he if he lands while he's tackling him, you know, maybe 10, whatever it is. I think Vrabel eats those for dinner and then tackles him and he's on the ground. And it's that's all she wrote for Harbaugh. They would have – defensive linemen and offensive linemen would have to come get him off because Vrabel, probably still stronger than a lot of players in the NFL, still trains. It was wild to me. That was a very interesting situation. Uh, I like it, by the way, if coaches are kind of smart. Like, I'm a big fan of that. So, although we're saying Harbaugh would have lost that fight, which I don't think Harbaugh should take any uh, offense to, I would like to let him know, I like it whenever coaches are mixing mm-hmm. it up. I'm a fan of that move. It both both teams love it too that both their head coaches are kind of standing up for it. Like it started, it sounds like Harbaugh got upset that they were doing something around their logo, right at the fifty. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And so Harbaugh felt like, oh, I need to go out there and protect the field or whatever, whatever that means. And so his players probably think, hey, it's cool. Like we understand our coach is feisty; he's not scared. And of course, Vrabel is game for whatever you want to do. So yeah. And then they ended it when Vrabel just tries to give him the old handshake and gets blown off. And now you could see Vrabel run away, just so like, all right, cool. This isn't this isn't over. That's for sure. <laughs> were, were you too surprised that no like no Ravens players? That's went what out I'm there? saying. That should have been the players. I think that do that. That's why I think Vrabel. I think that was potentially what Vrabel was saying too. By the way, was like was probably say don't talk to my players. Like do you, I, I I know I've seen coaches over time. They get really, really upset if an opposing coach tries to talk to your players. Coach, tell them what like, they should do. 
like coach or teach them like this is how you should act or something anything like, anything but like hey man how you doing how's the fam like that that's especially pregame like that's the most you want out of a, an opposing coach man opposing coaches were always so nice to me but you could see how a coach would be like hey listen don't fucking coach my boys okay <clears throat> don't coach my boys pal you it keep your position position you, group too haven't you seen that pat where like a say uh a DB coach wants to say something to a D lineman during practice. That D line coach is going to try to fight that DB coach on the spot. It's, well, I don't know about that. I'm happy to hear that that <laughs> happens though, because there's a little bit of competitive fire everywhere. But it's um, it's an interesting thing because Rabel was probably thinking to himself, "Why don't you coach your guys up on how to protect your field?" Like that was probably what, while Harbaugh is telling his guys like uh, like, "Oh, don't do that. You shouldn't. That's not how the game is played." Rabel is probably thinking like. Oh, also, game not played with the coach having to come out and talk to the other team for doing something. So, what an interesting moment. It was, it, by the way, great game. Great, great game. game. Great game. There could be a lot of distrust over there in Baltimore. We have some uh, breaking news and update, though, here while I try to, uh, you know, it was kind of like uh, one of those finger trap games. Your hands like That's kind of what my headphones were like there as the battery died mid-sentence from A.J. Hawk. Uh, Adam Schefter is reporting that an MRI has revealed more damage than anticipated for Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow. He tore his ACL, MCL, and suffered other structural issues in his knee as well, per at Ben underscore baby and me. So Ben Baby and Adam Schefter are breaking the news. We don't mean to laugh, but I did not know Ben Baby was in the insider game. Shout out to him. Um, that's a that's a massive injury. couple quick thoughts here before we get to A.J. Hawk's thoughts. Um his face going off the field. I don't think he was crying. I don't think he was anything beat up. Is Joe Burrow the toughest son of a bitch maybe to ever walk? Might right? Because be. just a few weeks ago, his head almost got dislodged from his body during a hit with the Philadelphia Eagles, if you do recall. Came back in the game, led them to a tie, but still <laughs> came back in and played the game with everybody. He takes massive shots. He tore his ACL, MCL, and had structural issues, which probably means bones of some sort happened. And he just ate that. Guys, tough. This sucks. This is a very sad day for the NFL, for the Cincinnati Bengals. I think they should have protected him a lot more. This was almost uh, like, I don't want to say obvious that this was something like this was potentially going to happen. We can't wait to see him back. Let's hope when he comes back, he doesn't get beat up as much as a quarterback in the NFL. I mean, yeah, it's it's awful. And I, I think he's going to be fine. And I know you talk about rehab and how, how tough it is. Yeah, it's brutal. It's going to be a brutal first six months probably and it's going to be tough because he wants to get back out there with his guys i just wonder does he stay in the protocol does he do everything at the stadium or is he going to be removed like i'm sure he doesn't even know that yet but that's another interesting situation we, uh, when it comes to covid we talked to taylor lewan taylor lewan opted out of staying in the protocol and he's getting his rehab at a place which i would assume has a very tight relationship with the titans like the doctors have to know each other rather well i don't think that's something that is just okayed everywhere but I would, if Joe Burrow has to stay in that protocol, oh, no. yeah, that's been a rough first year. But hey, go to earn your strike. Right. Be, let him do whatever let, he wants. Yeah, I agree. Come he, on. That's a bad, bad injury. What's up, Diggs? I've seen a tweet here that it's a multi ligament injury, just like Carson Wentz had a couple years ago, and he got hurt on December 10th. So two weeks later, and he missed the first two games of the season. So if that's oh, up. yeah, I remember that. I remember whenever that happened. Um, that's sad, man. He was. Hey, he was balling. He yeah. took some massive shots, though, dude. Like, a, people a were – what's a that? A minute before 
two oh. minutes before he did that, he took a massive shot, an unbelievable play by Chase Young, his old buddy. Like that shot alone could have put, should have put, it would have put most guys out. I think people were just running through some. I mean, the internet now because we put out, we talked about this in the first hour, I believe, and basically said like at some point an adult in the room had to be like. We should run the ball, maybe, or do something. Di- like somebody, an adult in the room should have said, "This this dude has the most uh, headshots, body shots, and leg shots as a quarterback in the NFL. This guy has now the most pass attempts in the NFL." At some point, I think somebody should have tried to protect Joe Burrow from himself, but people tried to do that, I guess, with luck. Sometimes that's just how guys play or whatever, but it felt like the Bengals really mismanaged this entire thing, and we're almost trying to get him killed. After the writing was on the wall the first couple weeks, that he's going to take some sh- – it's, it's a bummer all the way around. It's an absolute bummer. It's like, who will be his head coach next year? Will it still be Zach? I guess that's, that's obvious, everybody's saying. Probably. You would think it'd still be Zach Taylor, I guess. I mean, who really knows what they're thinking? But if you're Zach Taylor, though, that's kind of a tough – position to be put in like okay i gotta find a way to win games i gotta find a way to hold on to my job yeah i can see oh, this true. this young guy who's going to be a stud is taking way too many too many shots but how do i, I still got to find that fine balance though I'm still trying to attack still trying to push the ball down the field you can't have everything be super quick three-step drop game like everything quick game but i guess the only thing you can you try could. to do is try to limit yeah. the amount joe gets outside the pocket and takes unnecessary risks i think you could quick game it couldn't you I mean, it felt like... For a little bit. For a little... I mean, that's not going to work all game, most likely. Works for a lot of people, right? Isn't that kind of what Peyton did? It's what Drew does? I mean, I mean it, it's... Peyton could, still, Peyton could still push it down the field to Marvin Harrison, that's for sure. Yeah, they were awesome. But that was a lot of timing routes because he was throwing it so quickly, and those balls were coming out so early in those routes. You you look at some of those old highlights of Peyton throwing to people, and Ben Roethlisberger had one this weekend to Johnson, by the way, uh-huh. who's a hell of a player. Deontay mm-hmm. Johnson is a hell of a player for them. He had some real bursts. He was looking straight down the field still, and Ben was in the back throwing it, and the ball was already out of his hands. And then as soon as Deontay cut, he like had to lay out for it, and the ball was there. It was like that type of shit is so much work behind the scenes. Like people have that that is so much, so, so much, much work. Trust. Yeah, oh yeah. So much trust between the quarterback and the receiver. That's the number one thing right there. And that's what Peyton lived off of. That's why those offseason reps and everything were so him and Austin Colley, I mean that was such a quick turnaround, and everybody was like, oh, Austin and Peyton have great chemistry here early. It was like, well, also, Austin ran probably 700 routes a day <laughs> like to get all those things, you know? Austin was living in the ice tub because he was running <laughs> so many routes to get on the same page because that's all reps and everything like that. I think Joe Burrow could be that type of quarterback. Couldn't he get it out quicker? Now, granted, you can still use him for the, the extending play weapon that he is, you know? Like, that was something that was a big part of his game. But I feel like him... Herbert, these guys who have been incredibly intelligent quarterbacks while being young and being able to figure things out, I feel like he could get to that somehow. It's just whether or not you do you have the pieces for it and everything like that, I Are guess. They, they kind of do, though. You could block with seven, and you got to assume that A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, or T. Higgins, at least one of them is going to get open. Somebody will be able to get open. Yeah. I don't know. Are we the coaches of the Bengals now? <laughs> I think so. I think people are wondering at this point. That sounds, uh, sounds pretty simple sitting here in our chairs talking to microphones <laughs> yeah. like how to how to scheme up a defense <laughs> hey we are available for uh consulting by the way absolutely everybody's doing shit by zoom anyways i heard the raiders were doing practice via laptops with uh people yelling were you surprised at how good that raiders defense played with the incredible lack of practice i mean i think the way john gruden described it last night uh michelle tafoya said that uh tiger woods is coming to town and tiger woods got to practice all week and we haven't been able to do so basically talking about his raiders defense with the COVID not being on 
The Raiders are a good team. That's what I took away from last night. Like a legit, real good team who are potentially going to win a game in the playoffs, I think, and, and maybe do so. Like they are a really good team, but ultimately Patrick gets the win. I mean, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Their defense definitely played well. I mean, that's a big lapse at the end, of that, that wide-open touchdown to Kelsey. I know that's kind of been dissected on the Internet, um, that play plenty of times already. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think it has as, as big of a as an impact as people think. Like, if you can't – like, say a defense, the majority of a defense can't practice together all week. Yeah, you don't want to string that together multiple weeks. But if it's for one week, I don't think it has a, it's a huge deal like people think it is. Uh, I love that out of you, by the way. That's, for, I mean, that's former player positive. telling you. Mm-hmm. That's former player telling you, I always thought this practice was bullshit. <laughs> I always thought it. I always thought it. Because there's a lot of those guys, too. It's like, man, come on. Like, what? Even you in practice. You, you need to practice. You absolutely need to practice. You need to have walkthroughs. Like, those – I knew – I know mentally for myself, like, I needed those walkthroughs because every rep – like, every call that we would have in your mind and on paper, I'm putting it to every single – formation every look that i could get from that offense and then i can take it into a walkthrough and i'm like okay this is what it actually looks like doing it and then i'm later that day i'm going to take that to practice and i'll see it live with pads on so practice is gigantic but this far into the season and everything you should know your scheme you should be pretty good with where you are how hilarious did you guys go full pads late into the year in practice yeah, yeah until we full pads week of the super bowl <laughs> what <laughs> That's yeah. such a different mentality now. I would assume that there's no, there's one team maybe going full pads right now, and we're in week 11, week 12 at this point. Back in the day, that wasn't even a question, and it was always the same reaction. It was fantastic in the locker room. Now, this sounds like such an asshole comment coming from somebody who has nothing. Like, it doesn't matter if we're going full pads or not for me, so I can understand that. But the reaction was always legendary. I mean, every single, full pads today with a full <laughs> Like throwing the pads down onto the ground, putting the practice jersey on top of it, putting it on, somebody coming over and hitting, yeah, like fake full enthusiasm. I mean, it was always when it got past like probably week seven, week eight, maybe even in, in some years, it was always a scene, man. It was, and now I don't think they do it at all, but boy, it was awesome. Don't you think one of, uh, one of the funny things when you think back is how quickly word travels. And it's also fake rumors. Like, hey, man, I'm talking to my buddies on the Jags. They haven't worn pads yet this year. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that's why they're 0-11, bud. <laughs> there is a lot of that. Then I think um, we had a conditioning. We didn't have a conditioning test for a long time. Okay, the first crew didn't have a conditioning test. It was just like expecting everybody. Like, hey, we're, we're expecting you to be here. And if you're not in shape, it's going to show. So... Like we don't, we're not even going to do it. Which, by the way, I respect that a lot. Okay, I'm a big fan of that. As somebody, you know, who I think most of the time. I mean, after the lockout, I was not in good shape. But uh, most of the time, I showed up in great shape, ready to go, because I didn't want to suck or whatever. But I, the the one year we had a conditioning test, it wasn't bad. I think it was like uh, I don't know, maybe two hundreds or something. But that it was what are you thirty fifty back? The worst ones, two fifties, one fifty, whatever the hell it is. You get it. You know what I'm Cut. talking. Cut 300s? Yeah, there it is. Those ones. That, that 300s. Yeah, six of them. Yeah, yeah, that's what oh, it was. Brutal. Those suck. Those aren't fun. Yeah, it was. maybe it was <laughs> half of that. Maybe it might have been one or whatever it was. You get it. The We get done with it. One person failed. They made them run it every single morning. And, oh. 
it was tough for that guy. He was a draft pick too, so they couldn't just cut him. They had to have him pass at some point, but they couldn't just pass him because they made such a big stink about it. if you don't pass, you can't practice. But it was one of their drafted guys, so they had to kind of, you know, kind of sit on that. They're yeah. like, oh, you got to pass it. We would like to just, you know, put you in. It would be a lot better for all of us if you were just yeah. in the practice learning things, but we can't have your practice because they, they had to sit on it or whatever. Immediately after that, we got, I got like two people like, the Giants, woo! Like full, everybody was like well, the Giants. Said, I guess the Washington football team. I guess their conditioning test was very, very difficult, from what I heard. And, and like kickers and punters had to do it. I, that's the same thing. Those stories that travel through there, like they're not using pads today, down and blah blah blah. And real, they're not having for two weeks. Real, <laughs> we're on every fucking week. What's this all about? And then some of the coaches, even you know, some of the coaches trying to play like on the player side. You're like, I said we should be resting. I said, <laughs> I said we should be resting. It's like God damn! Now that you say that, how about you? How about you bring that up in the staff meeting, Coach? Yeah, yeah. Are you really going to bat for us when it matters, huh. dude, or is it hmm. just right now? Uh, man, I couldn't imagine being a linebacker. <laughs> Which, by the way, back to the Vrabel point. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was back when three days were happening and, and showed pra- or full padded practice every day. Vrabel did actual hand to hand combat with other humans wearing full pads every single day, basically for like. Six and a half years, because it's half the year, right? He played 13 years. So for six and a half years straight, six months normally what the season is, he just fought other grown-ass men just every day of his life. So I think you're in trouble there. Like, I (laughs) just think you're in trouble. Those practices with the full pads, your mindset, now granted, I'm laughing at it because of the legendary reaction. It had to suck. That just had to suck for you back in the day. I mean, it started uh, back in second grade when you're like, okay, are we wearing pads? The thing is, until you get into high school – Every practice I ever had was in pads. And in high school, you pretty much wear pads every day except for the day before the game. We would just wear our shoulder pads. That was our off day. Thursday before the game, wear shoulder pads and just bang a little bit. Oh, man. Hey, I, you know what Braves would like, like to, to do? I wouldn't be shocked. You should. You might have to make another side-by-side or add somebody. Don't you think Vrabel would love it if you put the Hardball Brothers up there, both oh. of them? He's like, hey, two on one. Hey, I'll do one, then we'll do the other. <laughs> would it make sense to do a tag team of Vrabel and Judge versus Colombo and Harbaugh? No, see, see, that's that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, when people, like Rappaport probably would have said, Joe Judge can hold his own against mm-hmm. Columbo. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's that's what I'm talking about. Where it's like, no, he couldn't. Not because he's six foot eight, three thirty, but because he was an offensive lineman. And he did hand to hand combat every single day. That's just you're going to be naturally better at fighting people when you do combat every single day, and also potentially can just eat punches because mm-hmm. you had to do it for a yeah. long time. That, like Harbaugh might get some shots on Vrabel. I think he just eats them, Agent. I think he just eats it and laughs Whoa. potentially. I mean, you never know. Maybe we will see it play out one day. You think uh, the Cowboys are all the way back, huh? NFC East going to go on a run? Obviously, the Rockets back in looking great. You beat COVID, beat a nasty concussion. The Rocket is on fire. He's, I think he's going to go on a run. Whoa. Hey, they can. They might. Yeah. That NFC I mean, East. Zeke, Zeke had over 100 yards rushing, and the Cowboys are back, man. Hey, can I can – I, Read to you their opponents for the rest of the season. You got some time here. Yeah. <laughs> I got plenty of time. Yeah. We're waiting. Here we go. Washington, then Ravens, Bengals, Niners, Eagles, Giants. That's the, the remaining schedule for the Dallas Cowboys. You're saying they're about to take control of that NFC East. And once you get into the dance and you have a home playoff game, anything can happen. That's what you're saying? I'm saying the rest of the season is set up nice for the Dallas Cowboys to make a run. 
Isn't it crazy to think, though, that that Dallas Cowboys team, whenever we're like week 15, week 16, it's like, now who's going to be playing the Cowboys? You know, like yeah. in the NFC East, like they, they want it. They have a – if this happens, by the way, this is a big if. Okay, the Giants could get hot. They got a new offensive line coach. Don't know if you heard about it. They made a, a pretty big move. They also have a shitty schedule as well. Oh, yeah, Giants close out the season with the, the Bengals, so that would be okay. Then you're going, you've got the Seahawks in Seattle, oh, the Cardinals coming to Jersey, it. the Browns, oh, and then closing it off with the Ravens. Oh, so, oh, no, so they're shot. screwed. Yeah, so they're screwed. So, hey, your Dallas Cowboys, week 15, week 16, week 17, who are they hosting for a playoff game? Just a couple weeks ago, the whole place was burning down. Mike McCarthy had no idea how to coach, should have stayed retired. Their players are saying, how can we give effort for the entire game? These coaches can't coach. Now, they really, because they steal a win against the Vikings. By the way, steal a win. Nobody would have thought they were, especially with our guy Thielen balling oh. the way he was balling and Kirk balling. Nobody thought the Cowboys, they steal a win there. And now it's like, yeah. That team's having a home playoff game, whether you like it or not. People will be, uh, yeah, they'll feel one way or the other. Either they're Dallas fans or they're not. But I wanted to know, how do you, how do you feel watching that Packers-Colts game? Oh, yeah, it was interesting. It was very interesting, man, wasn't it? I was texting you a little bit, weren't it? I mean, it was an interesting game. They, I mean, they had some dudes defensively for the Colts that stepped up huge. Hey, who'd you say? Julian Blackman, number 32. He's a rookie, by the way. And the Colts are pushing for him to be defensive rookie of the year conversation. The play he made in overtime, and I think you texted it to me, splits two people, punches ball out, game changer, game ender, game winner. What a play by that guy. Yeah, obviously the offense had to go. And I know you had him on the show earlier. He had Old buddy had to make a kick, old Rex Specs. Uh, Rodrigo, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Respect. Rodrigo had to make a great kick, which he did. Um, but yeah, that play, I, I had to text you. I was like, geez, like, these guys are so good. And then I learned, I'm like, that's Blackman, the, the rookie? Like, are you serious? Like, you shouldn't, to make a play like that in that moment. I mean, that's just a gigantic play. It's so difficult to do. Like, if he splits the blockers, like, that's his main job. Hey, split the blockers, send it back inside. Oh, no, I'm going to split the blockers after I got on my horse, as they used to say when I was a kid. When you're trying to chase a fly ball, get on your horse. He gets out there, splits the defenders, gets his hand in there, causes a fumble. Oh, we recover. We end up winning the game. Like, what a gigantic play, not only for him, but for the Colts organization, I feel like. That was a big win. I mean, I think this team around Indy, everybody knows they're good, they're winning games, but everybody was wondering what type of team it is. The defense, obviously very highly ranked and rated by all parties talking about the defense. Darius Leonard, stud. Walker, stud. DeForest Buckner has been very much worth everything that Chris Ballard traded and paid the guy. I mean, it is that defense, what will they be able to do against Aaron? And in the first half, Aaron was moving. Aaron was doing whatever he wanted. Aaron was able to make whatever play he wanted to make. Then in the second half, old Eberflus makes a change or two, and that defense was a whole day. They were, they were humming. Then the offense started moving. It was a great game, I think, watching. If I had zero horse in the race, which I happen to have two, by the way, which is very interesting, the team that grossly overpaid me, and then obviously best friend Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on the Ugh. other side playing quarterback, which, by the way, you know, it, you know what I realized last night is you're very much just playing for your quarterback with the way it's covered. Like, the way the games are covered, yeah, LaFleur's the coach or whatever, but everybody out there, if they drop a ball or something like that, they feel as if they let down Aaron, I think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're playing for your quarterback. So whenever I was – and by the way, I, I think that's very true whenever you start thinking of that. If you don't play defense, by the way, defense play for the team, but everybody else, like, you're playing for your quarterback. To, you know, he's the leader. He's everything like that. He touches the ball every single time. You want to win him over, but you get it. So watching him and his squad – 
take on a team that grossly overpaid me and has been very nice to me for a long time. It, it, it was a little tough. I was, I was just hoping for a good game. Guess what? Good game. Healthy game. Uh, Phillip Rivers had something happen on his leg on a block, I guess. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But it was an incredible game. And I think a lot of people are telling the same old story. Seems like um, the Packers team might end up running into a problem in the playoffs. And that's all anybody took away from that game. Because still a two-game lead in the NFC North. But that's all anybody took away from it if you listen to Packers fans talk this morning. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess it would make you worry a little bit about the Packers, especially like their defense. Like, will they be able to come up with those plays like the Colts were able to? They had a big what, fourth and one stop late in the game too. Uh, the, the Colts defense. Yeah, he tried to he tried to float over top. They were coming. They were they were getting after him. Like, yeah, the it's a tough I guess throw, the Packers I defense. Hey, I bet that's a tough throw. Yeah, when you got multiple guys bearing down on you, you gotta you gotta somehow lob it up there to where the back probably wasn't even looking yet, and you gotta find a way to, to find a, the right spot to put it in. Now, by the way, he makes a lot of hard throws, and he's an NFL quarterback, and he should be judged as an NFL quarterback. But I feel like that throw, after watching it, because you, you see it, it's a miss or whatever, and then they show the replay, the amount. <laughs> That'd be tough to do, I think. It'd be very tough to do. It's like Peyton and Ben that you were talking about. They throw it so early, and you just hope that the timing lines up. Like It's almost impossible. Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy. But the Packers, Ty, Ty, welcome back, by the way. Thank you. Is everything all right, Tyler? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm struggling right now. (laughs) What happened? The seams. What happened? The Packers lost? The scrambler this morning backfired on me big time. (laughs) I got Uh the worst case of bubble guts right now. (laughs) Are you all right, too? Well, everything okay, man? Just took a pill. I mean, when you go in there and you're expecting to just butt piss for a little bit, and it's just like a massive fart, it's kind of a huge letdown. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Happy you're okay? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. Sports and human anatomy. Shit stains. Die. I'd kill for some shit stains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we get it. Sports show. T's and P's, by the way. Thank you. Send up a prayer. It's going to be a little bit, though. Make it quick. Mm -hmm. It is. Make it quick. Make it quick. One liner. (laughs) One problem. Let's get to it with Mm -hmm. him. But we talked about how the Packers fans this morning, after watching that game yesterday, yeah, I think you agree. Colts team, good team. Defense, great team. Mm-hmm. That offense was able to figure it out. But as a Packers fan, it's like, what does this mean for the future going down the road? Yeah, right? and I'm just I'm just tired of seeing them lose games. Like, like they were up, you know, 28-14 at half. Like, that's just not – with Rodgers especially, like, that's just not a game they should lose. And, I mean, the defense, obviously, that makes you worry about when they play a really good team in the playoffs, if they can actually hold on and beat anybody. I don't know. I mean, like you said, they're they're going to win the division still. They should still make a deep playoff run, but it's just a, it's a very, very frustrating loss. Um, you want to get to a phone or two, a phone call or two, AJ? Yeah, let's do it. You want to go to Rochester, New York? That sounds great. You know, I played against a team whenever I was a kid called Rochester Rhinos. Oh. They always had great uniforms. Like, great. They had like the full Nike. They mm-hmm. they had like the full outfit. You know, Gritty team? Uh, I don't know. They had very nice outfits. I just remember the uniform being very nice in their their, their suits, you know, because you have them in oh, yeah. full. Whoa. Yeah, they looked. I remember Rochester Rhinos being uh, a problem. Dan and Rochester, what's going on? Hey, guys. Um, first of all, shout-out to um, my guy Ty there. I've got Crohn's disease, so I understand what you're going through. Not far. Okay? Is that colitis? Uh, similar. Uh, Same yeah, umbrella. It's pretty similar. Got it's it. Rough. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about Listen, that. Listen, I got a hot take for you here. Uh, Super Bowl going to be my team, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Versus the Buffalo Bills. All right. How are we going? All right, Dan. 
I hope not. Okay, so I like Dan. Dan seems to be a great picture of the next segment we're going to have. Feels like Dan overreacted a little bit to the yeah. Cowboys getting mm-hmm. a win. Earlier today, I put out on the Twitter, hey, we want to hear from you. What are some things that your thoughts are uh, after this NFL Sunday week 11? Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but, and we got some good ones from NFL fans across the country. Pat, I don't want to overreact. But... Nailed it. I don't know who recorded that, but that sounded really, really wow, great. That was good. Uh, we got we, within, I think, five minutes or ten minutes or something like that. We were trending, so we appreciate everybody for participating here, here. in Woo. a segment on our show that does have an open. Let's get to some Foxy, shall we? Uh, this one's from Tony17. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but if Claypool had the same stats on any other team, he'd be in the discussion of Offensive Rookie of the Year. You can take the T out, but... Uh, since these Steelers are 10-0, and 0, everyone wants to hate. Very interesting here because I would think that a guy on an undefeated team that is doing things that no rookie really has ever done and is leading in a lot of statistical categories would also have a lot more yards if it wasn't for a couple pass interference calls on him. Chase Claypool is my offensive rookie of the year thus far, even though Herbert has been unbelievable at football, okay? Herbert's been very, 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 very good. He's going to be unbelievable. They get a win. He cuts his hair. I get it. Joey Burrow, unbelievable. I get it. This dude's on an undefeated team, and he's catching touchdowns in damn near every single game for said undefeated team. He's making big plays, and he's not even in the discussion. And maybe that's why I like him so much, because he's not in the discussion. I think he deserves it. But he should be in a conversation. What do you think, AJ? What, what, but what discussion are you paying attention to? Like, I feel like any discussion I've seen, how could you not have Claypool in the, in the discussion as <laughs> offensive rookie? He wasn't even in top 10. Uh, ESPN did rankings of rookies how? and everything. No, that's what we're saying. Hey, that's the question. That, that, that's what that tweet was too. That's re- the choir. I, I think you listen to our show, and I think Ian Rappaport doesn't listen to our show. Nope. A lot. I guess there isn't a lot of Steelers discussion anywhere, and I guess we're the only place that really does it because we've got a lot of really cool guests from Pittsburgh on the show, and also we have diehard Pittsburgh fans in the studio. They're 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 winning, 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 and there's not a lot of talk about it. Ben, comeback player of the year, it's going to be tough, obviously, with Alex Smith. But how about in the MVP conversation Ooh. for how many touchdowns? He's not even in it, I don't think. Chase Claypool is not in an offensive rookie of the year conversation. I don't think there's any conversations happening about any of them. So I I would feel like if a rookie is making that big of an impact on an undefeated team, it should help him. It shouldn't hurt him when it I comes agree. To, to postseason awards. So. That doesn't make any sense. It, it it does sound like people are sleeping on Claypool a little bit, but if he continues the pace that he has now, like he absolutely better be in that discussion within a week or two. I agree. Let's get to the next one. By the way, uh, remember uh, – all right, Ty. Uh, good luck. Right, good luck. Get that pulling now, Ty. Hey, those wet wipes. Bloop, 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 bloop. I feel bad for him, though, man. I feel really He bad. really battles. I don't know what that is. He's got uh, something. He does battle, though. War with the out. toilet. Yeah, he, he does go to war yeah. with – the John, yeah. Uh, I mean, the wet wipes had to be brought in. I mean, those, are the, those are the heavy hitters. You know? <laughs> I go to the bullpen. No. By the way, you should do them every time. I would recommend highly 10 times out of 10. Uh, Tony Romo went shit on the Mapletron thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Tony and Jim, I think, had their best game yesterday. Really? Yeah. Are they back? Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> Thank God. There's some that's still real bad. They yeah. just needed a week off yeah. from each other. Yeah, they're real. They had a good game. Wait, yesterday. what game was Tony on? It was Ravens. Baltimore. Yeah, it was the Baltimore one. Oh, you're okay. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't. It's. I haven't really paid attention to Tony's to him doing games. Like I know you said, oh, so people are are, are pumping the brakes a little bit on him. I don't yeah, know. People, I haven't not seen. No. I watched a lot of Red Zone. 
Did you not watch the game you bet on, AJ? Why don't you? Yeah, yeah you called that game. You said Titans straight up plus one twenty-five. Yeah, I saw. I, I, if you saw how I watch games, you, yeah, in and out, <laughs> walking through a room, then there, oh, here, this way, that way, then watch uh, the prognosticator. Oh, because you got a lot of kids, so you don't even know what you're talking about. That's why you okay. we got no basketball. Clue. We got everything happening still. Basketball. Dad of the year, dude. Hey, hey, I don't care if you don't watch any of the games or just catch up afterwards. As long as you keep getting all your bets right, we need it over here. You watch that. I watch Red Zone. Red Zone, first off, you have to watch Red Zone if you want to figure out, like, if you want to be able to watch a million games at a time and you don't have a billion dollars like you, you have 37 screens, Pat. Whoa, 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 whoa. Seven. It's tough, too, by the way. I get caught and captivated. I lose some things. Oh, my God, what's going on up here? Ah, no DVR. Can't go back. Fuck Still? Yeah, no DVR. Sunday Ticket now also lets you put on four games at once, so you don't just have to put on Red Zone. You know, you can put on the four main games, AJ, to your point. And how do they do the audio? Four different screens. Well, you got to put it on the big screen. You got to put it on the projector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh, you guys got fucking projectors? Duh. Yeah, Zeke got one. Yeah, yeah, I do. What's the next overreaction, Fossey? <laughs> Goodbye, Patricia. This is from Xander Stiverson. Hashtag Pat, I don't want to overreact, but Matt Patricia may be the worst head coach in the entire league after putting up a goose egg against a first-year head coach, first-year offense coordinator, and might we add, Xander, a first start for, in the NFL for P.J. Walker. I mean, that was a yes. tough day yesterday for the uh, Detroit Lions. I mean, did you watch the game at all on, on your red zone? What are your initial thoughts? Foxy is completely done with them, and I think he yep. does represent the uh, a majority of the Detroit Lions fans. Uh, yeah, not a great outing for the Lions. No, no, no. Zero <laughs> points, especially with Matt Stafford as your quarterback. Unacceptable, I would say. That's what's really difficult. Against the, the Carolina Panthers, which I didn't think the Panthers Whoa. would win, especially this easy. Hey, so, I, but I still like to jump. Like So Foxy's off the bandwagon, right? Oh, He's done. Uh, completely dead. done. Way off. It's Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving game, he doesn't even want to watch. Yeah. He'll be forced to. Let's go for the Steelers. What if we rewind this six days, though, and you're juiced and saying how awesome their schedules line up, we're going to make a run, yeah. this is it. Like, how do you jump week to week? How do you have such highs and lows? Because I'm a Lions fan, AJ. I actually woke up yesterday morning and I said, we win today, we win Thursday. Within five days, we have a winning record and we're going to make the playoffs. And then, lo and behold, they just literally shit the bed. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. They stink. They stink. Yeah, they, they stink. They stink. I got a stat for you, too, about uh, what the Lions did with our previous head coach since 1957. Okay. We've had 16 head coaches. Okay. <gasps> Guess who has the best winning percentage out of all those coaches under the Lions organization? Well, you just told us you said previous coach. So Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell. Caldwell. They fired him for Patricia. Yeah, so what you're saying is sell the goddamn team because no, it's the no, owner's no, fault. No. Not the coach. It's the decisions up there in the front office, Fox. So this, this is one of those things where I didn't want to name names whenever I went after commentators last week because I, I finally had had enough of it with, with how bad some were. Because it's not always the commentators' fault. Like the people putting them in the positions, mm-hmm. they, they're the people who, like, you knew. That this wasn't you, you, you put them in, right? So I, I, I was trying to attack them more so than the commentators themselves because if you end up in a spot, you got to do however you got to do. For instance, I've been putting some spots I'm not supposed to be in, and a lot of people get mad. It's like, yeah, I, I didn't, they, sorry, hey, hey, I don't, it's not supposed to be me or whatever. So whenever you think about the Lions, I mean, were they trying to lose? They finally get a coach that wins, and they're like, not good enough. Yep. Get the hell out of here. Are you trying to lose up there? And if that's the case, if you keep the team within the same family, yeah. are they just? is it going to be a tradition of trying to lose? And if that's the case, 
Hey, San Antonio wants a football. No. Give yeah. the Bears no. San Louis. San Louis wants a football. Stafford's hey. a Texas guy. Bro, how about Portland? Ooh. Could no. you imagine? Yes. Dude, those North Pacific Northwest places, they, those fan bases go insane. Do the right thing. Protect the shield, dude. Sell the team. Keep them in Detroit. You no. can sell the team all you want. It is the ownership's fault. Everyone knows it. Oh, shit. Everyone knows it. There it is. But you got to keep them in Detroit. Mm. So Foxy just turned so, on the Ford family. Foxy, if, if it's the ownership's fault, are you saying they should they should retain Matt Patricia at the end of the season? Uh. He's got to go. Wow. Well, he's you said go. it was the ownership. Yeah, yeah, he's got to go. They are the ones that hired him. They fired Caldwell for him. Yeah, Jim Caldwell's just been chilling too, right? I think you guys yeah. probably have to pay him for Hire him back, baby. We need him back. Oh, you think he wants to come back? <laughs> he ain't coming back. <laughs> you think he wants? Yeah. Now, granted, Jim Caldwell's a much nicer man than I, okay? much. I got a chance to play for him. He was awesome. I'm a big Jim Caldwell fan. I thought the way the Lions fans judged him for being, you know, the same all the time uh, is also the same reason why you would celebrate him if it's a big win and he's kind of chill, you know? So I thought he got – but there's no way he – now, he's never told me this. He and I don't talk much, believe it or not. But he um, – there's no way he's like, let me go back to Detroit. <laughs> there's no way he would want to do that. You no, guys, there's no way. And I don't know who who they should hire because they're definitely going to fire Patricia at this point. But I have no clue who, who's next. Yeah, what's another overreaction? Stafford's out of town too, so that's another Uh This is from Nathan Stone at Big Dog Saints fan. What up, Big Dog Nate Stone? Big Dog. Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but is Taysom Hill going to take the Saints to the promised land? Also, is he better than Lamar Jackson? I, I referred to this tweet earlier. Hilarious. Lamar Jackson won the MVP as the most valuable player <laughs> just a year ago. Now, because the Ravens have had their struggles, even though they still have a winning record. And seems thing uh, things seem to be lost on the offensive side of the ball in Baltimore. People are wondering if Taysom Hill, who had his first ever start yesterday, is better than him. I love the internet. I love the society we have created. What have you done for me lately? If it is nothing, and I'm talking about just yesterday, I will ruin every single thing you've ever fucking done. I like our society being like that. High accountability. Taysom Hill was a much better quarterback than a lot of people thought he was going to be yesterday. First half wasn't great. Get a half a football under your belt. He's like a rookie basically at that position, even though he's done gadget plays in the past. Second half, he and Sean Payton went to work. He's explosive whenever he's on the ground. He can make the throws. It seemed like he was getting through his progressions, and I think his team likes him, and he has a defense down there that is unbelievable. That Saints team with Taysom Hill is going to be just as good as they were with Drew Brees, I fear, and that sucks for everybody in the NFC. Now Sean Payton is 6.5-0 with other quarterbacks other than Drew Brees in the last two years. Incredible work down there. I mean, I, I'm a fan of Taysom, absolutely. That, Me too. And if you're going to face the Saints and you're a defense, you're thinking, all right, let's say three or four weeks from now, they're going to have to make a decision. Like if Taysom continues and they keep winning, are they going to make a decision? If you're facing them, you're like, all right, this is a different offense with Taysom Hill compared to Drew Brees. They may run some of the similar things, but – you have so much more to worry about with Taysom Hill in there. I'm curious to see what happens if he can continue to get better and better over these next, like, three weeks. First half, I saw – I was watching, and I didn't want to publicly – ju- What's didn't that? They wanted want Jameson, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, the internet wanted Jameis. But I was watching, and uh, I didn't want to tweet it or anything like that because I wanted to see a full game because I thought there was a chance – that maybe 
you know, looking through a progression in a coverage could be a little bit more confusing than it was at what, BYU or whatever. Yeah. So I thought there was a chance that he could look rough early. Um, and he did. I saw a lot of my former teammates that were good athletes that could throw. It felt like I was watching them play quarterback. You know what I mean? Like they can make every single throw, but maybe being a quarterback where you have to know what everybody's doing and you have to be able to read and guess what a coverage is before anybody else in that whole thing. I in, in being the, uh, commanding in the huddle and everything like that. I thought there was a chance that, you know, that it's not an easy thing to do at an NFL level, okay? That's not easy at all for anybody, even if you're a great athlete. But in the second half, watching him kind of go through a couple progressions progressions, and then throw the ball on the money. Now, he was short on a couple balls, deep balls, which I assume they'll keep flexing uh, to showcase that he has a better arm than those two that potentially got out a little bit early from his grip, it looked like. He looked like a real quarterback there at times. Even dropping back in the pocket, he was running backwards at one time. Made a, He looked like a real NFL quarterback in the second half. And if you're a Saints fan, you got to be pumped about that. I mean, he's quick, too. Those legs are massive, and he's very quick. That that run around the edge there was awesome to watch. Well, don't you feel like if he's able to become, like, the, the next franchise quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, there's never really been a quarterback like Taysom Hill. That's a full, If he's your full-time starter, we have plenty of guys that are dual threat that can run. We know Lamar, how, how dynamic he is. But – Taysom Hill is a guy, I don't know if he can last, but how he runs, like he runs like a bruising running back almost. So we don't have it. We, we've never really seen a guy. Let me know if I'm missing somebody. Luck. Getting who? I think Andrew Luck was like this. But Andrew, he was not nearly the threat to run that Taysom Hill is. Agreed. Completely agree. But that was kind of what Andrew was like whenever he ran. You know, he was like a, uh, a lumbering, uh, uh, a lumber. Oh. What are you talking about? Lorenzen right there. Oh, you're talking about the hefty lefty. Yeah, I mean, that Pillsbury guy was running throw boy. through oh, Our yeah. guy, Jared yeah. Lorenzen. Hell yeah. Rest in peace, pal. He was awesome, man. That that That's a legend gone too soon right there. Yeah. But, yeah, he if he got rumbling, I mean, people go, look at <laughs> Right through him. Look at uh, Do we have another overreaction, Foxy? Last one here. Uh, this is from Tom's Petty at Thought81788094. This guy does a lot on Twitter, apparently. Just took any fucking name they gave him. Hashtag Pat. I don't want to overreact, but Tua saying the NFL is easier than he thought last week and then getting benched this week is something you cannot recover from. <laughs> Hilarious. Tom's Petty, not a bad thing thought there that was interesting whenever Tua said it's a lot easier than he thought it was going to be uh he's not saying it's difficult but they were on a little bit of a winning streak yesterday had a bad day they bring in Fitz magic conversation immediately begins is Tua not the future who's starting next week they don't come back after a 99 yard drive that Fitz magic almost put together Ooh. which if that goes into overtime and then Fitz ends up winning what do you do what's the conversation today since he gets picked in the end zone doesn't happen or whatever you know now it's Tua's back next week that was an interesting decision I I think. I wonder if B-Flow always had that in his mind, even the last two games where two has played great. If he starts to stumble at all, we're out. What's up? Pretty big breaking news. What is it? Well, not pretty big, but uh, the Ravens' two starting running backs are out for Thursday night because of uh, COVID. Oh! J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. J.K. Dobbins was not happy early in the game yesterday that he was uh, on rotation getting the ball. Uh, Mark Ingram and J.K. Dar- Dobbins, two players to test positive out of Baltimore per Mike Garofalo. They are out for Thursday night versus Pittsburgh. Yikes. So wow. now a Baltimore Ravens offense that hasn't been able to really get going as much as they did last year are out two very good players. J.K. Dobbins started coming into his own this week, catching the ball out of the backfield, running, finding holes, wanted more playing time, was not happy about it, felt like he was in a groove. Now he's out for a massive game in the AFC North on Thursday night alongside Mark Ingram. I wonder who got it who and how did it happen and who else? Is there going to be contact tracing then too, right, if these running backs? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh no, do they, are they fading now? Are, are the Ravens one of those teams who are in the middle of a pack horse saying "fuck all these protocols"? I'm done with it. I'm going out. <laughs> I don't know. They got a Jimmy Seafood down. Uh, are, they, are they forgetting? Oh, they you know? they lost to the Titans. They're like, you know what I need? I need I need the most delicious crab cakes. Mm that the world has. That sounds good right now. I'm going to stop down Jimmy Seafood. Now, Jimmy's mm. is in an interesting location. I think whenever we went there, <laughs> yes, the place is. is awesome. Their food is incredible. They ship to us and all that shit. Maybe the boys went down to Jimmy's and uh, Jimmy's famous seafood will get you. You can't be down uh, there, boys. Yeah, it's yeah. tempting, though, that Can't food. blame them. It is good. It is good. You just can't do it, boys. Now, the contact tracing, who else is going to be out? Wow. Mm. Steelers are looking at this. Thankful that this isn't happening to them right now for sure. Yeah, and I I would be worried, like you said about the contact tracing. I talked to one of my old coaches that I know, and he he's coaching in the league, and he's like, I had to sit in a hotel in self isolation for five days because they felt like I was like some kind of contact tracing twice removed. They made me sit down for five days, and he Damn. said he's tested po- negative for three weeks ever, and he never tested positive. But yeah, things like that happen. So I would be worried if I was Ravens, like. Who else is this going to impact? Oh, no. Thursday night matchup, Steelers-Ravens. Oh. going to be awesome. Everybody's a little frustrated, you know what I mean? Who's going to do what here? Steelers potentially, is their perfection going to be imperfected by the Baltimore Ravens on Thanksgiving Day? Now, who will the Ravens even have? Also, with this COVID, the vid, as Kevin Hart called it, mm. which I would recommend watching it, it Hope everybody survives. We hope J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram survive, obviously. T's and P's, we hope you survive, obviously. We hope nobody else gets sick or whatever. You know what I mean? The vid could get into the Steelers, too, at any time. That's the thing about the vid. Nobody knows anything about it. Nobody knows. We just got to get to the games here. You know what I mean? It's just another lose-lose for the Steelers. If they they lose against the Ravens, oh, you lost against the Ravens with no one. If you beat them, you won against the Ravens against no one. Fucking tired of it. Oh, lose-lose, huh? Yeah. Can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show. At the beginning, I told you to be a friend. Tell a friend if you enjoyed it. If you got this far, you had to have liked it a little bit, I think. I mean, unless you hate listening, and if you did, all due respect, my friend. You are awesome. Okay? You deserve If you hate listening to this entire thing, more power to you. Very impressive. Just don't tell anybody about it. If you like the show, please be a friend. Tell a friend. We'll be back tomorrow with Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Tough loss in overtime yesterday for Aaron Rodgers. What's he going to say about it? We will find out tomorrow. Uh, We'll see you then. Ty Schmidt, who has been in the bathroom for this entire recording here, he's currently battling something. Uh, He, at at the moment, he is currently uh, winning two rounds, losing one round in a three-round battle with whatever's going on in his guts right now. So let's hope he can close this out in the championship rounds four and five. Uh, But we're pulling for him. Ty, whenever you hear this, I want to let you know. Everybody has tweeted you and said, hey, we hope you're doing good there. I know your your war with the bathroom and war with the toilet that's going on right now is going to be a tough one. We're pulling for you, dude. Could you please play some independent music to propel these people into the greatest Monday of all time? Then back for tomorrow's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Cheers.